Hello and welcome to the Minimax Show, a place about games, friends, and getting better. Uh, I'm Ben Hansen, joined by Suriel Vasquez. Hi. Kyle Hilliard. Hello. And Jeff Marchiafava. Hey! Hey! Welcome, everybody. Uh, Ana Diaz is going to be joining us a little bit later in the show, but we've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Star Wars Squadrons, the new Star Wars game that was revealed by EA. We're going to go back and talk a little bit more about the PlayStation 5 reveal and just the next-gen wars, because can we even have a podcast from now until November without mentioning the next-gen wars? Because this is, this is the time to celebrate it, baby. We're bathing in it. We're bathing in it, baby! Then, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about The Last of Us Part 2. Kyle has promised that there will be zero spoilers involved. I've, I've written down notes to of specifically spoiler-free things I'm ready to talk about. <laughs> Great. I hope you like... You drop that with your notes that say uh, things to spoil? Because those are oh, two yeah. very important lists yeah, that you can't get. You have that. You can't switch up. And this handwriting is very similar. So I don't know why you bothered to write those things down if the whole point is to not say them. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, then we're going to be joined by Anna, and we're going to talk about the Pokemon Direct that happened on Wednesday and some very fun and surprising announcements therein, uh, and then some other fun stuff along the way, uh, Clubhouse Games, 51 Worldwide Classics, and then back half of the show, of course, is community questions from people... Uh, that support us on Patreon, that submitted wonderful questions and comments along the way. Um, first of all, I wanted to thank everybody uh, for supporting us in our charity drive. It's our second ever charity drive, and uh, we ended up raising over $17,000 to help rebuild North Minneapolis specifically. Uh, all those funds are going to the West Broadway Business and Area Coalition, uh, and it's going specifically to businesses in North Minneapolis that have suffered from recent events in Minneapolis and also are just shutting down because of COVID. Um, so it's a specific good cause and uh, we're blown away by the amount of support that we got there. We wrapped it up last week. We had a fun live stream where we streamed press conferences from E3 2004. Uh, and it was a very fun grand finale to that entire thing. But thank you for everybody that spread the word and donated to that good cause. We really appreciate it. Uh, incredible, incredible stuff. And I look forward to doing more charity drives in the future with MinMax. You know, it's nice to know that even though we're all quarantined, that we can still rally for a good cause here. So it's quite heartwarming. Um, hey, dear friend of the show, Scott Campbell in the Discord, you know, Mr. Stud Muffin himself, uh, he had a post in there that uh, really was accurate in my mind where he just said, hey, this is really a weird year for Hanson. We got the Final Fantasy <laughs> VII remake. Uh, Sunset Riders came to Switch and PS4. They announced a new Paper Mario, and now a new Pokemon Snap was revealed as well. It's like, it is weird how much of a chasm there is in quality for me from 2020 versus 2019. Forget all of the things in 2020, and forget all of the things in 2019, but just looking at, like, the game announcements and game releases so far, I was really... I, we didn't talk about it too much in our big Game of the Year discussions, but 2019 felt really underwhelming for me. It felt like in the last decade, just below a 2014 is kind of the low point for me. Uh, yeah. And now 2020, I know a lot of this is just playing in nostalgia and stuff like that. And some of these might not even come out in uh, in 2020, but it's been a hell of a year for announcements, hasn't it? For Hanson announcements. Yeah. Well, Hansen. but even yeah. think about it, you Hansen know, I saw... Specifically. But hang on, yeah. but what about like Half-Life Alex? The fact that that is getting released, it just feels yeah, like a true. year where dreams are coming true for a lot of folks out there that have been clamoring for something, right? Yeah. I mean, what's missing for you? What is the other big tent pole, Ben Hansen? A Perfect Dark, I guess, would Ooh. be the one. And honestly, I mean, Microsoft's going to have their event in July, and it seems like all signs are pointing towards <laughs> uh, the initiative working on a Perfect Dark reboot. So if that gets announced next week, 
I'm just gonna walk Is into that... the ocean. I'm done. Like that's. You should start like tweeting. Like well, you should play it first, right? No, Surreal. <laughs> I need to walk into the ocean first. <laughs> just start Don't... tweeting like uh, 2020 best year. Like hashtag 2020 best year. Jesus like, Christ! Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> get the, get some positivity about the year 2020 out there for once. Yeah. <laughs> Making a real shellacking so far. <laughs> yeah, we gotta do what we can. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe the game industry is just trying to counter program reality and be like oh what, what names can we trot out uh, from the dustbin of history hey look at this sunset riders they, everybody ignore the racist parts the rest of it's good <laughs> they were worried specifically about you hansen so i think like, so we gotta, yeah we gotta get this hansen guy happier yeah you're right man uh but let's see this week ea had their ea play live uh live stream on thursday we're not going to cover it on this episode of the podcast, but if you want to know what we think about it or what I think about it and maybe a special guest or two, you can tune into MinMax's YouTube channel because we'll be live streaming our reactions on Thursday at, what, 6 p.m. Central? Um, so that should be fun. They're going to show gameplay for Star Wars Squadrons, which they announced earlier this week on Monday. So Star Wars Squadrons is both 5v5 deathmatch style. And then also it has some sort of single player campaign and it's, hey, your dogfighting in Star Wars seems like the spiritual successor to uh, the X-Wing TIE fighter games that people have been hoping for for a long time. Yeah, uh, I mean, my initial, I guess it's just a point of reference, but like my point of reference is Rogue Squadron more so than like X-Wing TIE fighter, but that's just probably my age. So that was like my first reaction. I was like, oh you know, something akin to Rogue Squadron. I'm, I'm eager to, to play something like that again, you know? Yeah, I was so eager seeing this. It's like, oh, you know what? I, I haven't really followed Battlefront 2, and this is uh, being developed by EA Motive, who did a lot of work on Battlefront 2 along with Criterion and, and stuff like that. Um, so I actually installed Battlefront 2 again to check out because there's a like, multiplayer mode where it's just uh, aerial combat. And I played that for a bit, and then I was like, eh, Okay. Like <laughs> it was a little bit underwhelming. It's it's pretty simplistic in Battlefront 2 at least, but I love flying uh in games. I love, you know, pilot fiction, one of the greatest genres of all time. Uh and so I'm excited to see what they do in this standalone game. So I'm really looking forward to it. Plus, they did tease a U-wing from Rogue One in the trailer, which everybody knows is mm. underrated Star Wars ship. Is it Patrick? It is Mr. Patrick himself, Patrick Ewing. Uh, Jeff, are you interested in this thing at all? It's coming out this year. Yeah, a little. Uh, I think that that kind of sh- sub-genre of Star Wars game, I've always kind of been lukewarm on, but I've still played a surprising number of them, and it's it's kind of one of those things I don't get super hyped about, but when I play it, you know, they're always, they're always fun times. Right. They deliver a very specific Star Wars fantasy. I would rather have the Star Wars RPG running around with a lightsaber fantasy, but this one, you know, they're always solid games for me. Yeah, and so I'm coming. I'm coming from it from the other side where I, I like arcadey flight sims, but there just haven't been that many of them. But or at least recently. But uh, I like the, I like that idea. I don't know that there's. I'm hoping the single player campaign is. Uh, more than like, a, hey, let's do a couple levels that are for single player that kind of use the same structure as the multiplayer, and then the real draw is multiplayer. But it seems like if it's a lot of the people working on that worked on Battlefront, that seems like that's going to be the case where the multiplayer is the big deal. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about the single player half of that game. Yeah, like the cutscenes in Battlefront 2 story were really well done, and it is that weird idea of thinking about how far they can push the story here, and it's like, okay, well. Art assets for 
<laughs> these types of games. I'd imagine a little bit cheaper than most. A lot of it's just empty space. Mm-hmm. I know there's art going into the background of the ships. There's a lot of work going into this game, but like I think it does give them some wiggle room for maybe they can tell a little bit more of an ambitious story than in an actual focused third-person action game or something like that. If they had to crank that out at a pretty quick clip. Well, to me, that trailer to me implied that there would be like scenes of groups of people discussing things, you know, which is where it gets complicated for making story. But uh, that's true. You know, so even for like the cutscenes, just rendering the backgrounds and stuff, but still not rendering yeah. environments to run around, unless you can get out of the ships. But we'll find out by watching that EA Play thing. But um, have you guys had more thoughts on the reveal of the PlayStation Five since last week's podcast? We're coming in pretty hot just seeing that thing. How has everybody been sitting with the design, with the games, with the news? Still don't love the design of the hardware. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I recently I, saw... Like, like, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, but like, I do appreciate that it's like weirder than Series X and is like fostering more communication and more funny Photoshops and stuff like that. I like that. <laughs> I like that. It's very memeable. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know somebody in a PlayStation boardroom said that at some point. Like when they saw the design, like, oh, maybe it'll capture the meme market. <laughs> that's good memes. Oh, that's good memes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I saw someone posted a photo. I'm not sure how they got like a hold of it, but they had a they had a PS5, and then they had it like to scale. They had an Xbox One X and then a Switch Lite, and it apparently seems a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, that's it, true. So it, the it way is considerably larger. Yeah, the way they did that, which is one of those very simple things I never would have thought of, it was just oh yeah, we just lined up all the uh, disc trays. Because in theory, they're all going to be roughly the same size for all these different systems. So, yeah, I think like IGN and other folks have made like a lineup of all the consoles. And the PS5, it actually is taller than the Tower of Sauron, which is shocking. Which is, you know, it's hard to fit that behind your entertainment system. But, you know, it's something to aspire to. I feel, I've been shocked that more people aren't in this camp. But I think it looks better horizontally. Like, I'm looking forward to having that thing laid down horizontally. I've, I've heard some people say it looks hideous laying down horizontally. It's like, well, that seems way better to me visually. I don't think it looks bad horizontally. It just looks like the um, the disc slot looks to be under a lot of... It just looks like it's all being mushed onto the, the, the disc slot, which is, of course, probably not a thing that actually happens. It just looks weird when it's on its side. But I think the, the all-digital one actually looks pretty cool when it's on its side. Yeah. Did you see that? Um, who was it? Uh, um, Sherrod. Let's see. Sorry, I don't have the name. The vice president of user experience design at PlayStation, Matt McLaurin, was like responding to people on his LinkedIn account asking questions about PlayStation 5. Oh, McLaurin. <laughs> don't do it. McLaurin. By saying sorry. Well, they, they said like they were asking him, why is it so much bigger? And he said, uh, thermals. This gen is little supercomputers. While the 7NM process delivers amazing heat performance for the power, the, the power is very extreme. So he's saying it's just it, just to not be as loud. I guess the thing's a lot bigger. Okay. Yeah, and then he said, uh, I understand, I like this quote, I understand it's not for everyone, but no good art is. Still, I think it's refined enough to tuck away quietly. The additions are going to be lit. <laughs> So additions? there you go, guys. It's going to be lit. Hang on, he said addition. Oh, not <laughs> I think like special editions and stuff like that. Oh, okay, I was hoping it was ADD because like, oh, are they going to be doing a little bit more? Because Crater, oh, like thirty-two X games on this one. Yeah, like, <laughs> uh, Crater submitted a question. We'll just get to you right now. He says, "Hey there, CLCs. Do you think the PlayStation Five reveal event was the last nail in the coffin for the rumored full backwards compatibility from the PlayStation One onward?" Not only did they not mention it at all, but the release of an all-digital edition is a bad sign to me. Why make the hardware fully backwards compatible if a significant number of the system of systems won't even have the disk drive to take advantage of it? What are your thoughts? Is the dream dead? 
No. That's a great point, though. Yeah. I don't think it's dead, but it's a good point. Yeah. It's tricky because... Yeah, I, I never really thought about that in terms of, of having the digital only edition which doesn't necessarily rule out backwards compatibility because they may just be thinking about it from you know the playstation store side of things so you still have some ps3 and, stuff and you in there. can still get it but but if you have to pay if you had a mostly physical heart you know game collection up until this generation then having to pay extra just to kind of carry that over if that's even a possibility is i can see how that's a bummer yeah and i worry about this just being one of those things if people saw the patent people are talking about it so much and it's snowballing in the industry to the point now if the playstation 5 doesn't have full backwards compatibility for the entire playstation history lineup people are gonna be like why'd you take it away sony i think people are expecting it and it's it's scary because everybody wants it so badly and so you think like okay well now maybe it's a better reason for them to charge a higher price for the version with the disk drive because there's always the debate about how much that's actually going to take off the price tag by actually having the digital edition out there. Um, but then the part that gives me pause on that, it's like, okay, well, maybe if it'd be slightly different hardware-wise to allow for this, unless it's all software-based emulation. But the point is that Jim Ryan in uh, an interview, the head of Sony here, uh, he said, or PlayStation specifically, he says that the hardware is the same. Like, technically, things are the same across uh, the all-digital versus disk-based versions. So like, okay. Liter- the only difference is literally just the disk drive. I like believe that one that's what hardware. he said. Yeah, so that okay. gives me pause again about, like, God, maybe this might not be real. But maybe it's all software-based or something, and he's not factoring it in. It's not that it's yeah. 100% dead, but uh, somebody's sneaking up behind the stream with a pistol at this point, I'd say. Well, I, I could see them, be, like, that justifying, like, a $100 difference in that case. Because yeah. a disk cloud is not, a, a like, a super expensive thing to throw in there. I Like, because it, it feels like this stuff, like the backwards compatibility stuff notwithstanding it feels like that would be maybe a 50 dollars price difference but if the idea that like and you can play your old your ps4 and ps3 uh, games uh, on this disc drive that in, that ups the value of that disc drive significantly so that would justify well you know like the 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 one with the disc drive is worth 600 dollars, but if you just want to play the new games you can play it for 500 or whatever yeah yeah absolutely uh so Yes, I think this is definitely, if it is true, it's not that they would have revealed it at this event, and they're probably saving that for, you know, more of a deep dive into the UI, stuff like that, talk about systems features, and so I'm sure that's going to be another live stream, state of play, whatever the hell they want to call it in the future, so that's another good beat for them to hit later on. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't, it didn't necessarily have to be at this announcement, because it was so focused on, you know, their upcoming slate of games anyway, we didn't learn that much about hardware right or any other features yeah uh jake zielsdorf also wrote in submitted a comment or a question on patreon he says hey please tell me what the playstation 5 launch lineup will be and lock it in because i need to know Uh, well we're happy to reveal well honestly it it helps a little bit you know after the big stream last week it was just a scattershot of exciting games but trying to figure out like what's actually going to be there at launch and there's still some wiggle room because these are just labeled as holiday 2020 so one of them could be a later november or something like that depends on when this whole thing launches but ign has a list here if you all want to run down it to just imagine yourself playing these games yeah this, so this holiday. is that link <laughs> or are you gonna say it or what's that serial how do you want us to look at the list uh, I'm going to say it. I want you okay. to look at it by just imagining the words that are coming okay. out of my mouth and like processing right. them in your brain through your ears. You're so ready? these are the games that are like confirmed 
they said this year. They said announced holiday for holiday so 2020. It's safe to put those next to the PlayStation 5, but things could change. Yes, and the launch window is always a little bit confusing. Okay, yeah, so totally, totally. this year on your PlayStation 5, you could be playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Astro's Playroom, Bug Snacks, Chivalry 2, Deathloop, Dirt 5, Fortnite, Godfall, Gods and Monsters, which by the way, do you see that God, who was it? Somebody tweeted from Ubisoft saying that Gods and Monsters isn't even called that anymore. Oh, I thought you were going to tell a different story. Oh, no. What's the, the other story? A demo of it went up online for like half an hour, and it was like a totally unfinished just like E3 build that just was missing all kinds of stuff, but like there was a 30-minute window where people were able to get at it, which And it was through wild. Stadia, right? Yeah, yeah. It's such a mess. Uh, but yes, I think in response to that, something from Ubisoft said like, oh, a lot of things have changed. It's an old build. It's not even called Gods and Monsters anymore. So they have their Ubisoft jump forward, jump to the future event, whatever the hell they're calling it that's going Ubisoft on in July. Forward, I think it's just called. What is it? I think it's just Ubisoft forward. Okay. Well, I'm Ubisoft looking forward to that in July. Um, <laughs> but also we have Jet, The Far Shore, Holiday 2020, uh, Madden NFL 21, NBA 2K21, Observer, Odd World, Soulstorm, Outriders, Quantum Error. I don't know what that is. Redo, Enhanced Edition, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Ultimate Fishing Simulator 2. This is the ultimate one. Uh, Vampire, The Masquerade Bloodlines 2, Watch Dogs Legion, still in theory, Holiday 2020, and WRC 9, also in 2020. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I was initially a little bit bummed that Horizon Forbidden West wasn't announced as 2020. I think everybody, this is, again, the problem with the internet just rolling with things and, you know, probably on this podcast, me repeating like, oh, Horizon Zero Dawn 2 is totally going to be a launch game. Not a (laughs) launch game. Uh, They confirmed in a video on Wednesday that the game is, quote, aiming to release in 2021. Oh, wow. So even that's a little bit iffy. It's a big target. (laughs) Yeah. Our highest hopes are hitting 2021. Um, Did you all think... I was, I've been thinking a lot about like the games that had the biggest impact from the PlayStation 5 reveal event. Uh, I talked about it in MinFax, our Patreon-exclusive podcast, talking about like the crazy impact of bug snacks in a stupid Twitter culture way where people are still tweeting about that song and just how absurd that game is. It's kind of entered this weird, beloved territory already. I was thinking, I don't know if I saw as much hype for Horizon Forbidden West as I would expect. I think a lot of that is just because it was kind of expected, right? I don't think there was anyone who was crazy surprised by it. Uh, and we didn't get to see a lot of like, hey, here's what's new and cool about it. You know, the, the environments are obviously very different, but it, it felt like there, was, there wasn't like a ton of surprising details in that trailer of like, oh, you, now you can do this. Now you, like, now you can fly or now, you know, they have like, you know, like you can swim across channels or whatever the, the, the west part of it kind of implies uh so Wait, what it, are you talking about like like because the, there were a lot of rivers there so i wonder if they had any traversal along that kind of thing oh well they showed like the underwater you know yeah uh, so if, if, if like that's that. a big part of the game now or whatever like they didn't they didn't go in depth right so yeah it is just a weird thing where i think everyone's really really looking forward to that but i didn't see i don't know if it was the most hype generating trailer that they could have produced it was just it felt kind of cool but still vanilla cool maybe i'm just overthinking ways to 
deflate Horizon Forbidden West. But in that uh, new video that they put up yesterday, uh, they added a few more tiny details. Uh, Gorilla did. They said that there's a new tribe in the West that can convert machines. You saw that shot of them like converting the boar and mm-hmm. stuff like that. They're one of the evil tribes. Turns out the giant turtle thing that stood up out of the swamp in a very God of War style, they're called shell snappers. The crocodile oh, things right. underwater are called snap maws. And the pterodactyls are called sun wings, which is very good. Not uh, snap wings. Don't, don't be confused. These are sun <coughs> wings, my son. Uh, and then also, uh, like Jeff talked about last week, uh, the idea is there's something called the red blight that's starving all the animals and tribes. And it's also making the weather seem out of control, which is something I didn't notice in that original trailer. But if you look in the background, like the clouds are just going nuts. So expect some crazy weather effects as well in Horizon Forbidden West. I mean, it's, it's, it's Moana, right? It's like the plot of Moana. <laughs> oh, also, yeah, in that Sony video, they said, this is just Moana. So please look forward to it. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Bethesda, after the stream last week, posted more details on their blog about Deathloop. Uh, and they say, let's see, we've mentioned the time loop, oh, sorry, we've mentioned the time loop a few times, right? And you probably already have a picture in your head. Groundhog Day, right? Well, sure. Deathloop is Groundhog Day if every time February 2nd started again, Phil found himself hounded by every maniac in the vicinity, and instead of breaking the loop by getting the girl and learning to live unselfishly, he could only escape by taking out a lot of people. So yeah, just like Groundhog Day. <laughs> they wrote. That's very uh, edgy. <laughs> uh, and then they also... really likes Groundhog Day and knows the plot of that movie really well. <laughs> It's a very complicated plot, too. Uh, But in that blog post, they also confirmed what we've been talking about since E3 last year, the idea that Juliana, who's the female assassin, that she is playable. And so you can jump into other players' games uh, and play as her and try and take out Cole. uh, Sorry, Colt, the main character. So it's kind of, it's not like you're choosing the campaign who you want to play as, but you can choose to just jump in, pop in, try and shoot some actual players who are trying to make progress in this time loop and then jump back out. So they said that they expect mm-hmm. in the final game that that Juliana character is going to be partly AI controlled. Then whenever somebody jumps in, it'll be controlled by a human. So it'll keep it more unpredictable, which is a fun idea. Can you turn that off? Uh, yeah, you can. Okay. And then she just stands there <laughs> doing nothing. Wait, you don't want that? I think it'd be really yeah. fun to, it's a, a journey like thing of just not knowing who else is out there. You, if you've played yeah, Dark Souls at all, yeah. How like, frustrating gotta... would it be to be like 90% of the way through it and then some guy who's super good at, you know, shooters comes in and wastes you from across the map? That sounds like a fun yeah. story. Like, I'm going to get shot in the no. head probably no matter what. And that's, so they... Okay, that's a fun story the first time it happens and then every other subsequent time it starts happening. Like, it's just frustrating. You can't just paint worst case scenarios for Deathloop. But that's that's what's gonna if they introduce a multiplayer component, that's a thing that's going to happen regularly. I don't think it's going to be like every once in a blue moon there will be a player in your game. I guess it's all a matter of, like, how common is that? I mean, to to approach it a little more positively, like, it is interesting. I think there are people who will like that. I don't like that mechanic, right. personally. Mm. Like, I turn it off in Dark Souls. I don't like players coming into my game and ruining my progress and what essentially feels like a single-player experience. Yeah. So I, I will turn that off, and I think it's smart that they have the choice to turn it off. Well, there we go. Uh, more bug snacks facts for everybody. Uh, <laughs> there was a U.S. Gamer interview that went up on Wednesday, and in that... Uh, they said that the game is like Ape Escape, which made me much more excited about it, and that there's like a hundred different bug snacks that you can run around and try and capture, assess, analyze, however the hell that works out. 
Were they really excited about dual analog? Were they like, oh, man. Yeah, half the interview, <laughs> they just talked about the dual analog stick, which is really weird. Um, you really lobbied for them to put twin analog sticks in the in the dual sense. It turns out we didn't have to do any work. They just said, yeah, we already have them. What are you talking about? Custom bug snacks controller with two analog sticks. <laughs> analog sticks. Uh, and then also Insomniac tweeted out, uh, they just tweeted it out, that, that Lombax in the trailer for Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, that that's a playable character. And female. They said that too. They yes, that. that is true. That is true. So there we go, everybody. Um, so, so yes, you, uh, you, you were you were <laughs> you cut out, out again. Oh, I cut out. I had a very insightful thing that I was saying. Go ahead. Um, that, mm-hmm. I guess I guess in the past Ratchet games, female Lombaxes do not have tails, and this one had a tail. So that's why everyone was like confused and curious about the gender. Well, in that in the regular dimension, but in the yeah. other dimension, that's like the big difference is that they've got tails. What a we wild a little, world! Little, little, little uh, hey, I was thinking about this. Do you guys think with the white color scheme so far for PS4, do you think there's a universe where the game cases for the PlayStation Five are white? Oh, maybe. Does anybody want to gamble? Let's uh, see. So PlayStation Three was clear i think it shifted it was like silver clear yeah and then ps4 was blue yep and they're occasionally red with like the greatest hits versions uh yeah white i i would i would i would say white is a pretty good bet yeah yeah oh it's blue but i think it could just be like a darker blue even because it's like there seems like their color scheme are that is that white and kind of the darker blue overall they can even go on the boxes right was that kyle I was just saying Xbox still green though, right? I don't know. Actually, if you look at the Xbox Series X reveal trailer, they don't really hit green in a big way. Although there's interesting B tier light in the top that's green, right? Oh, that is true. That is true. Uh, Tom Warren on Twitter. Um, who is he with? Mrs. He... Warren. Yeah. Oh, senior editor at The Verge. He tweeted that he says, I can confirm that the Xbox Series X dashboard will be the same as the Xbox One. Microsoft is adding some additional stuff in there for the console features, but the UI and dashboard will be the same between consoles. But obviously speed and performance will also be improved. It's just a good lay the land of the difference between these consoles. I love that idea of Microsoft's like, yeah, why would we change it? It'll still be just one ecosystem. So why make it drastically broken? Continue to not fix it. How dare you? Uh, no, you're going to be called a Sony pony for days, Kyle. Oh, that's oh. fine. I, you can look at my like hours played. There's I play on Xbox a lot more. Here, let me bounce. Like Sometimes the, the PS4 UI is kind of really hitchy for me, and this is especially true when I try to play anything that's like huge in file size. Like Destiny usually always makes the system UI hitch up. There you go. Now both people will comment, Jesus. and they'll cancel each other out. <laughs> yeah. How long have you been married to the Master Chief over the surreal? Xbox jocks. We're, ha- we're happily married, thank you. Oh, good. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, I, only, I only wake him when I need him. <laughs> hey, uh, the PlayStation 5, a lot of debate about the price of this sucker. I think we should stamp it in our predictions of what this thing is actually going to cost. Okay. All right. Jeff Marchiafava, for now, and you'll have to forever... Five hundo? For, yeah. Okay. For, Which for, one? The, for the one without the disc. Oh. I say they, I say, I'm saying they're breaking the 500 for the, for the disc one. Wait, so you're going 599, 499? Yeah. But, yeah. Do you think they would... Let's, let's go for it. 
I mean, this is again maybe focusing too much on internet culture, but do you think they would hit that five ninety nine price point again for being? I mean, I feel like just to dodge that, they would try and just sell it at like five eighty nine, just so they don't have to hit that PS three. Uh, uh, yeah, sure, or you know, five fifty, whatever. But I, I feel like five hundred is going to be the baseline form, and that will be the one that doesn't have the disc, which I think is just fine for for Sony. Yeah. They'd be more than happy if you bought that one, I think. Yeah, so just for frame reference, that's what the Xbox One X uh, sold for out of the gate. I think still currently is 500 I I think the discless, mm, I think is going to be 400 399 I think it's going to be 399 Yeah, that'll be my prediction. And then disc, I'll go 479 weird strange strange price wait did i mess that up no i but i mean it's it's usually in the 99 and 49s right like i think well how much was yeah. the Wii? okay let's Wii go okay you're right you're right let's go 399 499 okay other predictions out there i mean i think 599 for the disc i think it's yeah. getting up to six and then and then i think maybe i'm just to i'm gonna say uh so 599 and then five forty nine for no disc, I think. So not not as big a gap as as we think is my prediction. Okay. I'm gonna say How five, much? Five forty nine for the discless and five and six hundred for the one with the disc. Just that fifty dollar okay. difference. Do you think they would do that? This just seems like yeah. I'm, Trump I was gonna ask how much is a four K Blu Ray player? Um, I actually did. I was looking it up just a second ago. I looked on Amazon, and they range from about like. 70 to 90 and on Amazon for a Blu-ray, like a USB Blu-ray player that you can plug into your PC. Mm. 4K. Uh, I, I, you know what? I don't know about 4K. That, that might actually bump the thing up significantly. That's a good point. But if you think about it, like I don't the Xbox, even know if they sell them separately like that. So, Like the Xbox One but, X can yeah. do that, and that's selling for 500 Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to be exactly like Fava's prediction, so I'll, I'm going to keep I'm going to keep mine. All right, <laughs> we'll see who's closest. Um, yeah. Kyle, are you ready to talk about The Last of Us Part Two? I'm not. So here's the thing, <laughs> Kyle, you are taking a solemn vow not to tease, not to not to flirt, not to dance around. This is spoiler-free impressions. But Jeffum, what is your stance here? I don't want any impressions. I haven't I haven't seen any reviews. I've stayed as clean as I can. I have a completely sterile, germ-free room that I'm going to play it in for the deepest dive. So I don't even want to know if Kyle likes it or whatever. Okay, great. And just a reminder sure. before you, you turn off the, the headset and stuff, uh, the deepest dive is going to be airing next week. That's going to be covering everything in the game for approximately the first six hours or so up until Seattle Day 2. Kyle, do you think that's a clean line people will know when they're at Seattle Day 2? Big time, yeah. Okay, great. So Very clear. When yeah. you get to Seattle Day 2, stop, uh, and then you can, if you support us on Patreon at any tier, you can leave a comment for us to read for the huge Community Field Game Club. We're going to have the post looking for those comments on Monday, and then Wednesday the actual big discussion will air. So please look forward to that, and uh, help tell a friend. We'd appreciate it. Uh, this is going to be a really interesting discussion based on everything I've seen. But Jeffem, what are you going to do? You're just going to mute your computer? I'm just going to turn down my volume, and I'm not going to look at Kyle's square too much because uh-huh. I'm afraid that his face might give me hints at something I don't want okay, to know. Okay, great. All right, good to know. Uh, Kyle, uh, how much have you played? 
Uh, I so I haven't beaten it, but I'm at I would guess about seventy five percent. Like really? I, I probably have like two more sessions, and I'm probably done. Wow. Um, have you? Do you feel like you've been marathoning it? Is it tough to put down, or it seems fast? Oh, it's all I want to play. I would probably be playing it more if it's. It is a very. I mean, you know, I, I've had, it's it's hard to play that game because it takes like separating myself from my kid and like wanting to focus entirely on it. Like there right. are some, like Final Fantasy VII was a game that was like easier to just play whenever I wanted because I you know it's like a PG thirteen movie. But this is like a hard, hard, hard R. <laughs> so so it's like I kind of I'm staying up later playing it and stuff like that. But um, it's it's all I want to play right now. It's like everything else has been sidelined in a big bad way. Okay, how is it? So, so I, re- I really like it um, to just set that table there. It's one of those things. It's funny because Jeff doesn't want to hear anything, any impressions of any kind. Yeah. And I totally relate to that because remember when Toy Story 4 came out and I, it took me a while to see it. And I was like, I don't want to know anything. I don't want to know if you'd like it. I don't know if you didn't like it. So I totally sympathize with Jeff there. And it's funny because I Toy Story 4 plays in it again because <laughs> even when they announced it, like I wasn't sure if I wanted a sequel to The Last of Us. Right. Yeah. Like in the same way, Toy Story Four is like I think that ended perfectly. I don't know if I really are am compelled to revisit that world or God, anything like Jeff that. Jeff has no idea that you're talking about Toy Story Four right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know I got to start doing stuff like like this and like. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I like that he's still watching, even though he can't. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, I like it w- took very little time for me to be like, Oh yes, I absolutely want to be back in this world. Mm. It justifies its existence very quickly. I like, it was, it was one of those things where it's like, even before starting, I was like, Oh, well, you know, I still, I love that first game. I don't really know if I want to go back into that. And it's like within an hour, I'm like, okay, I, I, this is, yes, this should exist. And I'm happy that it's here, you know? Yeah. Uh, visually, I assume just impeccable. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. It's like there, there are, like even watching the footage for it in that recent stream, like there were little tiny moments where you're like, Oh, you know, this is a PS4 game and we're, mm-hmm. we're a few years into the PS4 cycle. But like the thing that Naughty Dog does so well is just really small animation. And like that stuff just shines like the And the, and it also feels like a lot more, it's much more claustrophobic than the first game in a good way. Oh, weird. Like the camera feels like it's closer in, in general, whether that's like in cutscenes or during gameplay or like, you know, like Ellie can like climb under cars and stuff like that. And like the camera gets in really tight and like it, it really, you get to see all the little things that she's doing and the face twitches that she's doing and other characters are doing and stuff like that. So like that's naughty dog is so good at that. And it, it's totally here. Like a hundred percent. How loud is your PS4? <laughs> so I'm playing on a pro and it hasn't been too bad. And the loading is actually like surprisingly quick. Like oh, when wow. you die, you're right back into the action. There's a big, it's like a GTA style, like one big load right when you start. That probably takes like two to three minutes. But like otherwise, it's it's very quick. Like dying is is not too um, punishing because you can get right back into the action. For oh, quickly, that's nice. That's nice. Uh, other big takeaways. Um, let's see. I like <clears throat> uh, the world building is really good, like in the sense that um, I, I, I feel like I understand that world much better it's not like you get more history of what's happening or anything like that you i don't care about the virus i don't want to know more details it doesn't really give you more details but just like seeing how people live their life i feel like they they take time to give that room to breathe and stuff like that and you also like the other thing i like about it is you get a sense that like 
you know, you went with Joel and Ellie on this incredible journey in the first game. And because of that, you sort of play the second game and you're like, you know, she's something special. Like they went through something and you kind of learn that like, they're not, they're not that special. Like if you are alive in that world, you are a survivor and you've had to go through some like awful stuff. And Joel and Ellie are not the only ones who have gone through awful stuff. And I liked that idea of just like, it's that, it's that opposite power fantasy of like, you know, you mm-hmm. think of like, well, I'm, I'm Ellie. Like I, I've done so much in my life. And then you just talk to someone they're like, Oh no, I've done just as much worse. You know, like this, my life is very similar to yours. You know, I like the idea of the game opening like Naughty Dog logo and then in Wyoming or whatever, and it slowly zooms in on Ellie and she goes, Hi, I'm Ellie. I've done so much in my <laughs> life. This is the first time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, I, didn't, I, I didn't want to spoil anything, but yes, that is how the opening oh! of the game is. <laughs> oh man. The, She's the writing famous, in her I'm Ellie monologue. She's writing in her journal and talking out loud to herself. I'm so badass. <laughs> yeah, Ellie, totally the person at this point who would keep a journal. Uh, <laughs> but you, you mentioned sliding in her cards, but uh, do you feel like the 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 gameplay side of it uh, iterates on that stuff? Because I, I I recently went back through The Last of Us, and that was mm. still the part that to me was like this is functional and occasionally like satisfying when you get through an area without being seen. But for the most part, it just feels like I'm getting through this so I can see the next cutscene. Yeah. And you know, I've been thinking about that a lot because I've definitely had those moments. Like when I think of un- when I think of, it's kind of hard not to compare last of us and uncharted when it comes to naughty mm-hmm. dog games. And I, I definitely pretty handily like last of us's gameplay more. Like it's a much more satisfying process of picking people off and being sneaky and if things go wrong like getting away feels and getting back into stealth is much more fun and there are there have been those moments where i'm like i just want to get through there's like six guys here this is going to take forever you know but i don't i don't know if that's a fault of the game necessarily as much as it's just the story is so good and the writing is so good and like the cutscenes are so well done that those become the highlights like Mm. those are the rewards for getting through the combat so like I, I, it's tough to say that it's like, necess- I don't think it's like bad. It's, it's fantastic. But I have had those moments where I'm like, all right, let, let's, let's get through this. Like to the point where I'm even like, can I just sprint past these guys just to get to the next cutscene? Usually you can't. So but it's just like, you, you haven't seen anything that, you know, kind of piques your interest or is like, okay, this is new. I haven't seen this before. Or like, do you feel like, do you feel like it improves on any, any of the gameplay stuff in the first? Um, I, it's not. It doesn't feel like a huge innovator in that way. Okay. But it is. It is like improvements across the board. You know what I mean? Like everything feels a little better. The RPG systems are really compelling, and like they are so are substantial when you upgrade yourself or your guns, which I like. You know, and it makes like searching everything much more rewarding. But it's not. There's nothing that's been like, oh wow, this is so much better than the first game or anything like that. It's just, it's all been very like, oh yeah, this is better. They improved Mm -hmm. on this, which was already pretty good to begin with. How often are you moving a trash bin into a wall so you can climb on that thing and then you can climb up to the next thing on top of that? I've done that more than once. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) All right. Ladders. Uh, I've, I've. Uh, you know, I don't know if I've encountered any ladders or not. What? (laughs) Yeah. One Uh, thing I wrote down, I wanted to. It's on that topic specifically uh so there are a handful of puzzles which you could call like the moving the trash bins around and stuff um and i like i don't and maybe you can answer this question for were there a lot of like puzzles in the first game or was it all just like move this to make a step here there weren't a ton of yeah i think most of the puzzles were like what item what object in this room do i need to put 
next to a wall basically or like some sort of higher up area so i can plant it there and climb up and like i need to grab this i need to plant this ladder here and then grab it when i'm up there so i can move the ladder forward so i can basically leapfrog gotcha. using this one ladder or like how do i move ellie around in the water using a pallet like yeah. the, the, that world yeah, it runs like off yeah. pallets basically in the first game because that's <laughs> yeah no, that, no uh, activity. ellie knows how to swim now so that's an improvement oh um, yeah the, the handful of like puzzles in that regard of like okay i need to figure out how to get from you know from down on the ground to up here are um really well done and i really like them and they feel really integrated in the environment i I don't walk into an area and i'm like okay i probably gotta get up there is there a trash can i gotta move nearby it usually involves like i gotta make sure this door opens in the right way or something like that or using the rope to like swing in certain areas it's i've like i enjoy solving the, the puzzles because like so few of them feel like I've walked into a puzzle room. They really feel integrated in the environment very well and they use them sparingly. There aren't a lot of them. Yeah. So like when they're there, it's usually a moment where you've just gone through something insane and you need a little breather. So to take a little time to figure out how to get this door open, like I think it's it was it's placed really well and I think that is an, an improvement over the first game in a big way. Do you, I know you haven't finished it yet. Do you have a conclusion in your mind though or just a statement about like god, this is what? <laughs> Um, I mean, it, you could say this about a lot of Naughty Dog's game, Naughty Dog games, but like it really, it, even if you have qualms with the story, which I'm sure people will, because Mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot of people making bad decisions Mm -hmm. in a, in a really, uh, a world that's just hard to exist in. Yeah. Like even with that, like caveat, I guess you could say like they run circles in terms of like performance capture and storytelling and writing around everybody. And it's just like, it makes other games it's it, it, they're embarrassing everybody else <laughs> like really like it's so good i mean like i i've teared up like multiple times and it's not i'm not even like at the conclusion of the game yet you know and it's just like it, it like i can't i can't imagine anyone starting this game and just not having like just i can't not finish this game you know right, like right. early too like it really gets the ball rolling pretty early in the game you know it's going to be interesting uh dan trachtenberg yeah who is the director of like 10 Cloverfield Lane. He was the director of the Uncharted movie before he was taken off. He should have seen that coming, by the way. It's just still rotating through a director every four months for the Uncharted movie. <laughs> but he tweeted this, and I want to just run it by you, Kyle. He said, okay. I've played The Last of Us Part Two. It's a master's piece. Referring to, of course, Neil Druckmann, but also every department head, artist, craftsman, QA, etc. Masters working at the highest level one can work. The acting is some of the best I've seen across any medium. The incredible sound design makes the graphics look better. One of the most well-told stories in the history of storytelling. There's countless would-you-kindly moments. It's hideous and beautiful. I've never felt more alive while experiencing a story from any other medium than I had with The Last of Us Part Two. Now, it's a bit much, but to what degree is it a bit much? A lot of hyperbole in there, obviously, but like, I don't think he's crazy. You know, like, I don't, like, the performances and some of the sequences are just like incredible. Like, yeah. it's just like, it blows my mind. Like, and I, I, and I think it is a, a factor of like the actors doing amazing work and then also the animators just like, you know, multiplying it by yeah. tenfold. And it's just like, and it, and, um, 
Yeah, it's tough to say too much about the story and why Please it's don't. really interesting. Please don't. Yeah, but it's like there there are things about it where I've had those moments. I'm like, you know, I don't know if in comparing it to a lot of other media, if I've ever really felt this way mm. about characters or choices that are being made or or the way the story is being told. So I don't I don't think that's an insane tweet by any means. You that's know, right. like I think, and it's also that thing of like video games have that ability to like. Uh, invest you in a story more because you have full control over the character and like it's recognized here and used to a great degree you know what I mean and also like even things like playing with your perceptions of how a video game should work in the favor of story like there's stuff that happens in that regard too so Mm -hmm. Serial um, Connor wrote in just for another Community question here. He says, uh, when the Last of Us Part Two reviews went live, there was an almost immediate backlash from all sides. Has the conversation surrounding the game the past few days affected your feelings towards it at all? Do you have any thoughts on how other people are responding? Like, has the reaction and seeing the reviews out there changed your anticipation or anything else uh, going into it for the deepest dive? Uh, it's been kind of mixed, I think, for me in terms of my personal reaction to what I'm going to get into because... Uh, I'm pretty skeptical of Naughty Dog games usually in that I kind of find them like I I I think the storytelling part of them are is usually like fantastic but you know I always have to I always feel like I have to suffer through gameplay um and playing through The Last of Us again I kind of like the story a little bit less for spoilery reasons but um going into this I saw people who were skeptical of the first game really uh giving this one a lot of praise so that that was like the first thing where, where I was like okay maybe this is something this is maybe uh, fixing some of the stuff, some of the issues I had with The Last of Us, and maybe moving things forward, and actually like reaching kind of like that that next level of appreciation that people always tend to find in these games that I personally usually don't. But um, I'm seeing a lot of that. I'm seeing a lot of like a lot of hi- hyperbolic tweets like that one, um, and just you know the the regular backlash of like the someone uh, I think it, uh, like people not giving it tens, being immediately attacked by the internet, uh, right. You, by people who have not played the game so that's always fun to see so um yeah it's been it's been this weird mix of like for me it always feels like yeah we we've gone through this multiple times for me personally i'm like yeah charity gets a bunch of tents and i i'm kind of like less enthused about it uh last of us part two or last of us part one gets a bunch of tens and i'm kind of less enthused by it but there are specific notes here that i'm seeing from people who kind of share my taste in games that makes me think that this will be a step up in that regard yeah uh, so I was I was laughing as you're speaking, just thinking about Jeff. Um, he's even a good listener when he's not listening. Look, look, look how intent he is. And I think, hey, Jeff, um, come back to real us. Quick, come that's back. Real quick, everything outside the field of the camera, that's just blood everywhere, right? Like, oh, it's just, it's just, just a mess. Like, oh, he's right? a big freak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're good to go, Jeff. I'm coming back. So yeah. again, uh, join us for the deepest dive if you want to join this conversation and have, or actually not even have, contribute in creating the best, most thorough discussion about The Last of Us Part Two on the internet. That's the goal for The Deepest Dive, and that's going to be kicking off next week. We'll be looking for your feedback on the game's first six hours or so to Seattle Day 2 uh, on patreon.com slash max 2 ends Jeff, are you with us? That was terrifying. <laughs> and there are so you many. Play the game, so many you'll see how scary it truly is. Yeah, I could. I could tell. Uh, Ellie has really big shoulders. Damn and it! She eats lots of corn on the cob. Mm-hmm. And then Jenny and and Mad Max about halfway through, so everyone starts bulking up yeah. with like big spikes oh. and stuff. You have to believe about that part where Kyle mentions the pyramid spaceships that come in and they're going to destroy everything, and but mm-hmm. then the stranger comes in, and that's a really cool plot beat. Yeah, pyramid heads there is two. That's right, yeah. One of them is just a giant pyramid head that can fly <laughs> using his head. Yeah. Hey, uh, Joker Squad, a uh, bunch of bunch of Laffy Boys. Do you guys hear that? 
Ana Diaz, welcome to the show. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Okay. Uh, let's see. You were on your first episode of The Great Goatee Hunt, I guess, which yeah. is weird. On Tuesday, we streamed it on Twitch. You can follow us there. And then it goes up on YouTube. Went up on Wednesday. We're playing Among Trees, the new survival game on the Epic Game Store. Uh, did you have a takeaway, either you or Jeffum, after watching over an hour of Among Trees? The bears can talk. That's right. If we reached any conclusions, is that bears are eloquent creatures. Uh, it turns out it's just an hour of bear facts and people commenting about how smart bears are and how they can communicate with each other and stuff. Because uh, there are bears in among trees and uh, they're terrifying until at the end when we tried to kill one and then it was kind of a janky mess. But when you just see it on the horizon, it's awesome. Yeah, and it, that bear was like 30 feet tall by the time you got up to it. That it was way too big. Maybe I was secretly a really small person in the cabin, though. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it was weird playing that game so much, and I think it's really, even if you don't like survival games, it's in early access right now, so hopefully they, they build on it in a big way. But it really eases you into the experience, and it's really smooth and clean, which is what I love from games. Uh, and then I tried playing like half an hour of a demo on Steam for Grounded, Obsidian's new game, which is you know, a Microsoft survival game at this point where you're shrunk down, it's funny to shrunk the kids in the backyard. Um, and it was better than I thought it'd be, but it was just a nice lesson of just like, oh, that's right. It still hits you with a lot out of the gate. Whereas among trees, it's just like, hey, you just need to pick up four six. That's all that's going on here. And then it's just layers, 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 layers. Anyways, though, uh, on Wednesday, they had a Pokemon Direct. Kyle, did you wake up to see this thing? Uh, I didn't, but it was the first thing I did Wednesday morning was go watch that for sure. I uh, I got out of bed, looked at my phone, went to my inbox, and there was an email that just said, new Pokemon Snap announced. It was like a PR message, and I was blown away. Like, I saw people tweeting about the Pokemon Direct. I'm like, yeah, yeah, all right, I'll watch it after the fact. No big deal. But I saw that email, then immediately went down to the studio to record my reactions. It's up on our YouTube video, watching that thing for the first time. How out of left field, new Pokemon Snap, as I guess it's officially called here. Yeah, I uh, yesterday, or I guess Tuesday, on my the my gaming ride home podcast, I was like, you know, they're doing this uh, Pokemon thing, and I literally said in that little segment, I was like, it would be cool to see something exciting like Pokemon Snap, but we're not going to see that. That's not going to happen. <laughs> and then I was just so like. I was 100% wrong, which was fantastic. <laughs> That's the best yeah, case scenario from Pokemon to PR. Telling you, you know? I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Somebody actually wrote in uh, on Patreon saying like, okay, so you guys have photo mode snap and then photo, uh, Pokemon Snap 2 is announced. Like, what did you guys know the whole time? Also, it's new Pokemon Snap. Yeah, this is Pokemon completely different. Yeah. So people <laughs> joked around that when we come back for season two of photo mode snap, we should just call it new photo mode snap. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. Seems like we should probably do it. And of course, then we can do the official photo mode snap for pokemon snap which we haven't really oh, yeah. been able to do before so it's perfect uh anna did you watch this trailer yeah i did what'd you think um i mean i'm super stoked i didn't like i didn't play pokemon snap till i was older so it's kind of like one of those classic games that i revisited yeah um but like honestly i'm like more excited for pokemon oh. snap than sword and shield which like i don't know if that's a hot take but I just love interacting with Pokemon and battling is fun, but I'd rather just like see them do cute things. Right. Cause like so. that DLC launched today, like the Isle mm -hmm. of Armor. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Islands of Armor. Armor. Yeah. Which I yeah. want to play. Then it turns out Ronnie, uh, 
has my copy of Pokemon. I was like, damn it, I gotta get that, that back at some point. Um, but yeah, I think I think I'm with you. I am optimistic about new Pokemon Snap. I still was watching that trailer and being like, are they gonna have all the system in, systems in here? It seems like it's a very early version of the game mm-hmm. that they're showing here. They had a disclaimer saying gameplay not final, stuff like that. Yeah. But there's still details like, okay, they're showing apples. I'm curious to see if they're going to be adding more items, if they're going to be bringing all those items back, if they're still going to have that structure of that original game where it's a little bit of a puzzle aspect for how to unlock new stages and new islands yeah. as you're jumping around here. There's still yeah. so many question marks about how this thing actually operates. Well, and it looks like, I'm curious to see if, yeah, if it'll be set tracks, if there'll be more free exploration from, like, the the video. It looks like that we are on, like, set tracks, like these little overlays. Um, but, you know, I'd be curious to see if there is possibility to break from that. But for now, it seems like pretty much remaking Pokemon Snap with the new Pokemon. Although, um, Kyle, you notice it is a different protagonist this time around. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually emailed the Pokemon company just to try to get some clarity on that. Did you like, really? This, yeah, like, it's not a remake, right? Because it says all new adventure, but then, like, uh, Ishihara was kind of saying, like, this is, uh, I forget what his exact wording was, but he specifically was like, the original game released in 1999, and this is a new photo adventure. Like, there was, like, just little weird wording, and it's like, the beach kind of looked similar-ish enough well, to make I, it be like, are, there, are they repeating levels or anything? Yeah, I don't I don't think they're going to be like repeating the levels. If anything, I think yeah. it's going to be unless even it's like more a nostalgic different. thing. Yeah, I you feel like I mean? unless it's like they yeah. have the beach level from the N sixty four game or something. But and I, I feel mean, like I'm pretty confident it's a whole new game. But there was enough to make me just try to get some clarity, and and they said they would get back to me. But we'll see. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to play on that nostalgic to market it too and drum up excitement for it because you know everyone's so. I feel like the nostalgia factor for that game is so high. Yeah, they'll let you print photos from the one blockbuster that's still in business in Canada in and stuff. Bend, Oregon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they say, so on the site, they say in new Pokemon Snap, you'll explore deserts, jungles, and more as you photograph fan-favorite Pokemon and discover never-before-seen Pokemon expressions and behaviors. New behaviors! I Try and surprise me, Pokemon. <laughs> um, I Mating! Would, the, the part that I... <laughs> get ready. Oh, there's mating in this shot. Uh, I, I don't know, Kyle, about that you know, even leaning towards maybe remaking some stuff, I think it's going to be more different. Like, the fact that they don't call it a sequel, the fact that they say yeah. inspired by Pokemon Snap is really specific, odd wording that has my skin crawl a little bit. And obviously, different developer this time around, uh, Bandai Namco is going to be developing it, uh, but Hal is still involved in some way in there. It's, like, listed in the credits, which is interesting. Yeah, it says, because I, I watched your um, reaction, and that's I hadn't caught that, but it says... How Laboratory developed by Bandai Namco in the in the small yep. text, right? yep. which is weird, strange. I don't, I don't yeah. know what that means. But. Uh, yeah, I'm curious how Hal is helping out with this whole operation. But just even looking at the protagonist, Kyle, the fact that they changed it from Todd in the original game, who I believe was in the anime as well, and the fact that they're going for like a new character this time around, I would put money right now that Uh, Professor Oak is not in this game and that they're trying to divorce it from that anime world because think about like the anime was at its peak when that original well in my mind at least when that original game was released right and now it seems like it's been a while since Pokemon has tried to tried to court the TV audience unless there's some connection I'm not thinking about but it seems like more and more they've been like that's a separate train that's a separate train so with this one I could see them getting away from it and not having Professor Oak not having that voice actor come back for all these things just based on that protagonist and the fact that they're shaking him up 
Yeah. Well, and my guess is they'd offer like a choice to um, like pick your gender too, mm-hmm. just since that's like pretty common in games as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'd I mean, imagine every Pokemon, what, since yeah white at this point let's mm-hmm. right. yeah mm-hmm. i saw like if you look at all the photos at the end uh you can see that they have filter options which is cool it's kind of like a mm-hmm. cool radiant version of pikachu so i'm wondering if they have like some instagram tie-in that's pretty progressive i don't know uh but then also like the weird thing is in that shot where they have all the different pictures it seems like different aspect ratios for the pictures too and so i don't know if that's yeah. just the presentation or that's gonna be part of it is trying to crop it and kind of more modern photo editing techniques from twitter or instagram being incorporated yeah. into this thing well i think like pokemon has been like such a leader in user generated content and nintendo is good at this in general but like with um uh, let's go Eevee and Pikachu. You yeah. saw so many like cute screenshots and videos. And so I'm sure at this point they're like, whatever game gets people posting about it on Twitter and gets us free press, like let's push it out the door. So <laughs> I feel like they'll support any feature that does that. Yeah. Uh, Do you and- think will, will new Pokemon Snap have a photo mode in it? <laughs> uh, I mean, no. I bet it's going to be that weird thing that they do in like Animal Crossing. Well, I guess Animal Crossing does have the photo mode. Yeah, photo but mode, like yeah. kind of the soft way they do in Animal Crossing too, where it's like, remember, like, okay, we're about to celebrate the launch of the museum or the reveal of the museum. Get ready to hit the snapshot button right now. Like, I think it'll probably be stuff like that, even or even like you can look at your gallery of all the photos and they'll encourage you to upload it from there or something. Yeah. You know? uh, but they did not put a release date on it. It seems like it's still a work in progress, but super exciting. I mean. Who would have thunk it? It's incredibly fun to see a new Pokemon Snap. And I want to be optimistic, but I just... This is so stupid, too. This is a classic problem of being nostalgic for stuff. It's like, in my mind, I'm like, I hope they make it complex as hell. I, you know, it's like, <laughs> I hope they don't make it too, mu- too much for the kids. It's like, what am I doing? Of course it's going to be a simplified yeah. version of the game yeah. overall. I mean, also, well, I think... I'll, that aperture. <laughs> I, yeah. I think a lot of the appeal of the original was seeing Pokemon in 3D. And I mean, it wasn't the first time, but it felt like here's a really in-depth look at like you can see the pokemon moving around as 3d models whereas now that feels a lot more commonplace so it doesn't have that huge like oh that's really you know lapras or like that's that's what charizard yeah. actually looks like that the po- the original pokemon snap had so they really have to up it i think for the animation and there's even stuff like mm-hmm. uh pikachu eating the apple early on where it's like look i'm not expecting the last of us part two but it's like pikachu takes a bite and it's like oh, and like half the apple's gone I'm like, okay it seems fine looking, uh, but these, <laughs> Serial, once you see these new behaviors from these Pokemon, you're going to flip out, and it's going to be like seeing oh. a whole new Vulpix out there. And we won't oh. even get into the expressions. Oh, the expressions. Yeah. Lord, the expressions. A little exclamation point pops up oh, when they my notice God. something. We can dream, uh, but very exciting times. Uh, but before they revealed that, uh, they showed a game, they viewed a game called Pokemon Smile. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been waiting. <laughs> I've been... Okay. Do you want to explain what this is, Anna? Yeah. Okay. So it's an app. You can download it now on Apple or Android store. And um, it is clearly targeted at like children. Like it is literally designed to help quote, help kids build healthy toothbrushing habits. So what it is real quick that it's targeted at exhausted parents. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The trailer is like perspective to add to this. <laughs> um, so it's just like, it's an app and um, it's AR. So you flip the camera to you and then you brush your teeth. So it sort of gives you directions on how to brush your teeth. And you're wearing like a funny Pikachu hat and you're like battling the bad germs. And so you can take goofy photos um, and it is 
objectively absurd. Um, and but I love it. The crazy thing, yeah, it's free. And I mess around with it too. Like no microtransactions that I can see. It's just a good positive initiative. And my nephews are super into Pokemon. So right when this was announced, I texted my sister about it. And she's like, that's genuinely amazing. Like this is yeah. genuinely a godsend. But I don't know much about brushing teeth. I, I played it for a bit and like, I... I, well, first of all, I didn't have my toothbrush, so I just used my finger and just like rubbed it in front of my mouth. The camera doesn't know the difference, so <laughs> hot tip. And the what's going on in your house that you don't like that you're confused and don't have your toothbrush? Like, why wouldn't you just go get your? Do you not have a toothbrush? Because uh, that... also, look, Suriel, I may or may not own a toothbrush, but I also wanted just to <laughs> test and see like how accurate it had to be. It turns out you can just wave anything. You can rub a carrot up your nose, and it'll probably count it as you're brushing you're, your teeth. You're ruining the magic. Oh, for sorry, I'm sorry. You know what's so funny about that, Hanson? Like, first thing this morning, played it with Claire, and the message on screen was constantly, we can't see your toothbrush. We can't see your toothbrush. Really? We can't see your toothbrush. It was like, it worked like crap. Have us. you ever seen this finger, yeah. though? Look how toothbrushy this is. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, yeah, you're just holding a toothbrush, though. That's not... <laughs> no, Kyle, cheating. this is a human finger. These are... This isn't... Wow. Uh, I see it. I see them, too. Those are ten toothbrushes. <laughs> no, <laughs> you guys, I swear, these are fingers! For the I last wonder time. you don't have a toothbrush. You just use your finger. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, I was playing it as like, I'm curious to see Kyle, like how it goes with your daughter. Cause she's a smarter, older kid. But I was like, man, if I was playing this as a kid, I would have torn my gums out from brushing so hard, <laughs> trying to like get all the bacteria off my teeth and collect uh, a rattata or whatever the hell was going on in my mouth. <laughs> but Jeff, it, like, are you downloading this right now off screen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> have you seen this trailer, Jeff? Do you have any idea what we're talking no. about? No. <laughs> Sounds amazing. You're really missing out. Uh, so you can catch like all 151 in there. It's a very cool, exciting. All 151 yeah. in your mouth? Yeah, you better get brushing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and wow. like the music's interesting. The presentation, I think, is, is better than I thought it would be overall, just for a silly little cheap thing. But there are a lot of people saying online, like, this reminds me, where is Pokemon Sleep? It's mm-hmm. been over a year since they announced Pokemon Sleep, and we still don't know what the yeah. hell that is. I was thinking that, like, I wonder, I mean, there's going to be, and we could talk about this later, another announcement next week. Yeah. So maybe they will announce, like, a larger suite, so to speak, of, like, Pokemon life oh, <laughs> apps. I, Pokemon I, brush, Pokemon sleep, Pokemon eat. Pokemon go to the polls. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean. You're going to need that. <laughs> I'm, I'm into Pokemon it. Pokemon COVID-19. Mm, just think of the options. Uh, but they also announced. Uh, Oh, that's great. Yeah, there you go. Okay, social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> this is gold. They, uh, they announced Pokemon Cafe Mix, mm-hmm. which is a game that's going to be on mobile and then also on Switch, and they say it's available soon, and it's a free-to-start game. Most notable to me, I guess, like the art style, I think, is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing a different art style for Pokemon, and then it just looks like a puzzle game, kind of like a some-some type thing. Some, I don't know. Some. Zoom, zoom. Kyle, did you have any thoughts on Pokemon Cafe Mix? Um, I like I like mobile puzzle games that let you solve puzzles to like expand things. Like my favorite mobile game of all time is You Must Build a Boat. Yeah, which is like match three, and then you sort of expand your home. So conceptually, I like that with this game. Like I'm interested in that because like if you do well, you can expand your cafe and you can expand your menu, and I think that's really cool. But the core puzzling mechanic doesn't look very satisfying. It is. Yeah. It's it's different from Zoom Zoom, uh, where you're kind of like swirling all the characters together, and it almost looks like just doing that circular action, you'll be successful. But 
like I don't know. I want to play it, but I'm 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 optimistic about the mechanics surrounding the puzzle. I'm pessimistic about the actual puzzle solving. Right, right. I think I'm with you overall there. Yeah. Uh, well, and interestingly enough, I'm curious to see how that game plays out because. It does look like it's going to be uh, pay-to-play, but it's on the Switch. So I'm like, are you going to do pay-to-play uh, on the Switch? I mean, they've done it before with Pokemon Quest. That's on the Switch. Yeah, they ported that awesome. from oh, mobile. Right. That yeah. has it's, a free it's like microtransactions, stuff. but you're using eShop currency. It's, it's, it's gross. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the Direct, uh, the Pokemon Company president, he announced that there's another big project we're working on that I still want to share with you. You won't have to wait long as I plan to share more news with you next week on June 24th. So please look forward to it. Uh, so the idea that he's calling it a big project, and it's a confusing thing of like, well, if they have another thing to announce, why not just do it here? But I think that must be hinting at there's going to be a Nintendo Direct on June 24th then, right? Is that the conclusion here? Oh. I wouldn't necessarily bet on it. Really? Because it just seems like they're just having back-to-back. Because then why wouldn't they just announce it then? Well, that's seems what I'm saying. I mean, why have two... Pokemon Direct so close. I think I think they're hinting at Nintendo Direct on Nintendo or on June 24th because they don't say that it's going to be another Nintendo or another Pokemon Direct. They okay, just say okay. we'll that announce it. That's my question. Did Ishihart did he say like we'll have another Pokemon presents next week? He didn't Not that, that I saw. No, he okay. just said we'll announce it on the 24th. See, my my sort of pessimistic assumption was like um Isle of I forget the names now. Isle of Armor. Isle of Armor. Yeah, yeah, is out today. So like they want to give that room to breathe and then next week they'll go deep on the other dlc but that's already announced and they've so already like, walked yeah. through it a little bit too so yeah. my yeah my money is that is going to be a nintendo direct and they're going to announce the let's go but for silver and gold so it's going to be like mm. let's go mill tank or whatever the hell it's going to be i don't know i'm trying to think like who's the most popular johto pokemon let's go Cyndaquil. would they just do that <laughs> i guess well, let's maybe. go dunsparce mm. let's go ho-oh is fun to say <laughs> 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 uh, Let's go shit in ya. Hell yeah. Are you guys up for a little quiz? A hot yes. pop quiz? Um, I have a, a list here. Quiz? Oh yeah. I have a list here of every Pokemon spinoff game. How many do you think we can cross off this list and get through? Kyle, like, I'm leaning heavily on list- you. What's that on? Like we list them? Okay, this is one at a time. Just if you can think of a Pokemon spinoff game... Say it, and then we'll cross it off the list. Who's got one? Pokemon, Pokemon Go League. Okay, Pokemon Go, correct. Pokemon Puzzle League, Kyle says, of course, on the N64? Yes. Deleting it from the list. Do you want to like, go around the circle? Like, we'll yeah. Have, like, a, okay, so like Anna, no, then Surreal, then Jeff, and then me. Okay, sure. Yeah, uh, Surreal, you want to throw one out? Pokemon Troze. Very good call. Pokemon Troze, Correct. Um, Pokemon Mystery Dungeons. There's so many. Do we need to do them all individually? This, it turns out there's a million of these. Uh, let's just get rid of all the Pokemon Mystery Dungeons. Okay. There are <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, yeah. eight. A surprising amount. Uh, and there's one <laughs> called Pokemon Mystery Dungeon colon Keep Going Blazing Adventure Squad. Let's go. Oh. Is that DLC? I don't think so. And then another one called Let's Go Stormy Adventure Squad. Um, but here's my pop quiz about Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Kyle, is Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX, the Nintendo Switch remake of the first game, out right now? Yes. Damn it. Correct. March 6th it, it was so. released. Okay. Who wants to go next? Name a Pokemon spinoff. Uh, let's do Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2. There we go. All right. Crossing off the list. Anything else you want to lump in there? 
Coliseum. Okay, good call. Anything else? Pokemon Snap. Okay, well, okay, yeah, okay, hang on. <laughs> hey, it counts. Okay. Pokemon okay, Pinball. Ooh, okay. Pokemon uh, Pinball. Hey, hey, you Pikachu. Yeah. Correct. Okay, hang on, hang on. You guys are going too fast. You guys are going too fast. Uh, <laughs> hey, you Pikachu. Yep. Pokemon Channel. Oh, wow, like now we're going GameCube. Pokemon Channel. Correct. The weird GameCube thing. Did you play that, Anna? Yeah, I did. It's just <laughs> like it. mini games? What the hell is it? Um, so, no, not even. It's, like, even less than that, somehow. Um, <laughs> it's funny, because it, like, breaks up a short anime of Pichu and Pikachu, or Pichu and Pichu. I forgot what those old shorts were called with Pichu. But it, like, breaks it into, like, three different channels, and you can only watch, like, three to five minutes at a time. It's already a short thing. You literally just watch TV. You watch Pokemon do things on tv there's like very little <laughs> gameplay oh god it's like yeah i mean remember for the game boy advance they sold like pokemon episodes you yep. could play in your game boy yeah. Advance. like majesco published it and made a fortune okay any other kind of separate spin-offs what's that the majesco carts did those count <laughs> uh no they're not on the list but we okay. still have a lot on the list uh pokemon tcg interesting color yes uh the game boy color tcg also they released a PC version of the trading card game called Pokemon Play It, which I had never heard of in like 99. Uh, also, TCG Online, that's all off the list. Correct. Okay. Um, there was that DS game where you flicked Pikachu like to make him run. Oh, Pokemon Dash. Wow, yeah, Anna, go. good call. Dash. Pokemon Dash, <laughs> sure. way to go. Oh, a uh, Pokemon. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yep. There Poke we go. Pokemon. Also, and the DX version for Switch. Yes, you guys got it. That's the fighting game from Bandai Namco. You know them as the developers of new photo or new Pokemon Snap. <laughs> That's right. Um, Digimon. Correct. Kyle's got it. Digimon on the list. Entire line of Digimon games. <laughs> Let's see. There, there are. Uh, Super it, Smash Brothers count as a spin. It does not. Yeah. There uh, is a DS RPG series that completely flew by me. It's not Mystery Dungeon? It's not Mystery Isn't Dungeon. The, isn't there one that's where it's tied to Nobunaga's ambition? Oh, uh, Conquest. Yes! All right, yeah, that wasn't I what I was thinking of, game. but that is exactly on there, Pokemon Conquest, but that is not the RPG for the DS I was thinking of. Oh. Yeah. Uh, well, I know one app that we can cross up, Pokemon Masters, right? Oh, yeah. That wasn't even listed on Wikipedia, but yes, let's. that's off the list. Pokemon now. Quest also. Yeah, yep, Quest. Quest yeah. Yep, you got it. G. Uh... So Pokemon Gale of Darkness. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Way to go, go yeah. on the GameCube. Yes, RPG. Ah, God, there was another mobile game that was kind of like Clash Royale-ish a little bit. I forget what it's called, though. Because it was right after Go, and we're like, oh my gosh, Pokemon is taking over everything. And it was like, oh, this game's not that very good, so <laughs> don't worry about this one. Wait till we list the one that we were just talking about. I'm forgetting the name now. The <laughs> With the voxel Pokemon. Pokemon Quest. Quest. Yep, yep. Oh, that's that's, Quest. that's okay. off the list. Uh, so there's three of these DS RPGs where you like draw circles to attack. 2006 was the first what? one. This is news to me. It's called Pokemon Ranger. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. That name rings a bell. And yeah. Pokemon Ranger Guardian Signs. Jeff, mm. you've been suspiciously quiet. Yeah, he uh, just wants to let us get all the obvious ones, okay. and then okay. he'll go for go more. The last one. <laughs> uh, I cheated for this one. Pokemon Magikarp Jump. 
Correct. Wait, how did you a cheat? game I reviewed <laughs> that I forgot about? <laughs> yep, that is the mobile game. Uh, okay, doing well. There's 18 left. Oh, boy. Oh, Wait, is, uh, is, let's, is Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, do those count as spinoffs? No, or those? those are tech. Well, I mean, it's that's yeah, the main line. Uh, yeah, I didn't count it here. Uh, um, what are those battle games on the N64 Pokemon? Oh, okay, um, I already got those, the stadiums. But, oh. But there was one There's for the Wii. There's another one that was on, like, Wii U. Where yeah. it was like little big headed Pokemon figures. Ooh, oh, 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 Pokemon Rumble. Yes. Pokemon <laughs> Rumble, Rumble, Pokemon Rumble go. Blast, Pokemon Rumble U, Pokemon Rumble World, and Pokemon They're Rumble Rush. All I think that's going to be the announcement. New Pokemon Rumble. <laughs> I would not be surprised. Uh, there was a Wii version of the Stadium Coliseum line. Does anybody remember what that's called? Um, There's, okay, XD Gallo Darkness Coliseum, and then. Pokemon no. Battle Revolution. What? Uh, there is a sequel that was basically already mentioned, Kyle. A sequel to Pokemon Pinball called Pokemon Pinball Ruby and Sapphire. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember that, yeah. yeah. Uh, there is a Game Boy Color version of Pokemon Puzzle League called Pokemon Puzzle Challenge. Okay. Uh, off the list. There is a game that I guess primarily was about storing Pokemon on the GameCube uh, and like transferring Pokemon. Oh, called- Pokemon Ranch? Wow, Pokemon! My Pokemon Ranch was the WiiWare version of it. Yes, and <laughs> I looked at like screenshots of that thing. It is scary looking. Like the art is just a disaster. But the, yeah, I think I played that. Wow, the GameCube version of it is called Pokemon Box Ruby and Sapphire. Pokemon Box. Uh, let's see. There is the sequel to the game Serial mentioned, Pokemon Battle Troze. That was the 3DS version. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon Cafe Mix. Uh, we already talked about it. That's off the list as well. Oh boy, we're down to five. One of them is huge. Is one of them an iOS game? Because, like, if we missed one, it's like a strategy game. Oh, I don't know if this one is. I think they might have ported this, but this is a puzzle game. Yes, this is a puzzle game on iOS called Pokemon Shuffle. Okay, yeah. I remember that one. All right, now there's also. Can you have platforms, maybe? Is that is yeah, that too much? Yeah, uh, Wii games. This is a boxed Wii game. And it's, the subtitle is called Pikachu's Adventure. What? I have no idea. Poka Park Wii. Pikachu's Adventure. I think Adventure. I played that. Oh, okay. uh, 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 Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu! Oh, no. Way to go. go, the biggie. And the one. Now there's one left. One. Platform. Uh, this is, I believe, DS or 3DS. Uh, Nintendo okay. 3DS released in North America in 2015. Kyle, it is extremely up your alley. Did I review it? Pokemon <laughs> Picross. Jeff Markiplier oh, gets I it. I did review it. The clincher, Pokemon Picross. Jeff from the last second. himself again, the Picross master of the group. No, no. Yeah, it turns out they just they made a lot of those. You guys. Anyways, um. We have been playing Clubhouse Games on the Nintendo Switch. What is it? Clubhouse Games 51 Worldwide Classics. Uh, Nintendo sent over some codes. So let's see. Four of us? Ana, you've been playing Kyle and Serial and I? No, I, I haven't been I, I have not been playing. Okay, that's right. Okay, so just the three of us. I've got um, my piano. If you remember this, there was a trailer <laughs> a while back. It's not, it's not making any noise, Kyle. Yeah. Discord's not letting it. us hear it. But Nintendo revealed this a while back. The trailer just went through all these games. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Unbelievable. Clubhouse! <laughs> uh, but 
It's a collection of mini games and tabletop games, um, and it's kind of split between a bunch of classic card games, uh, chess, board games, stuff like that, and then it almost feels like a successor to like Wii Sports at times because they have like bowling in there where you're using like the Joy-Con and stuff, and they have golf, and it's pretty simplified golf. And also, I don't. This is an Easter egg that somebody was tweeting about, but that the golf courses in Clubhouse Games are the same layout as golf on NES for like the courses oh, which is a cool. fun little fun. easter egg but uh anna what do you think of this thing um i mean i was kind of surprised by how much i mean nintendo is good at delivering like small mini game packages like this like yeah. they can put a lot of character into it and so obviously like that's what stood out to me was like how much thought went into the little details of like you pick your little piece at the beginning and it's customizable and like the voice acting is very comical and yeah like, light-hearted I- and that was, I mean, that drew me in. I thought that was fun. Just the presentation. It's like, it's so stupid to get excited about, oh, uh, this Nintendo published game, they added a soundtrack to the card game War. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. I just want to see like how they're presenting these cl- like classic things in a new way. Yeah. So if anything like that song Kyle played, I think it's uh, like a movie soundtrack of the year. That was a Koji Kondo tune that I was playing. Yeah. You guys familiar with You're that? really good at it. Kyle, it bums me like out. Like him, I listen to it for hours and hours on <laughs> looping to make sure it doesn't get annoying. Uh, it bums me out that uh, it's like a big collection of games to play, and it's cool because like there's a lot of the games you can just play with touch. You can play with somebody else and just like slide around and play chess on your Switch without any Joy-Cons or anything. And you just keep tweeting out about playing single-player games with this thing, which <laughs> seems like a nightmare. Yeah. I like solitaire, man. I don't <laughs> and I learned that solitaire means like lonely in French, I guess. Like they have all these little facts about it, like when you when you play certain games. And then actually, the the piano one I bring up is funny because like. The little introduction to the piano is just this man and this woman talking. She's like, you always have something to say about all these games. And he's like, I don't know, man, it's a piano. Like, what do you <laughs> <mean>? <laughs> like, I don't really say anything about it. And then apparently you, I, you can line up four switches to make like a full piano, apparently. That's so stupid. I'd like to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm about like, to say. Like you line them all up and then you hit, you know, uh, mosaic mode, it's called. And you just drag your finger across all four screens and then it like line piano and if you and if you can do them in a row or you can do them in two rows of two and it makes it like a a, a more electric sounding piano now i'm outraged about this virus i was pissed before <laughs> but the fact that it's keeping me from getting this four switches together did. so yeah. i can just do a big slide across the switches that's yeah. all i want in this world now uh, but it's a charming as hell game i uh, do think it's real. cool it's like it's like 40 bucks and it's one of those things of like okay a lot of these games you know the rock'em sock'em robot equivalents like We'll play it for 15 minutes tops and then call it good. But some of these, like, oh, it's cool to have like a touch based version of chess or go. Or, and it's fun to just find new games in there and find out like the history of these things. Like, Jeff, I'm your tabletop expert. Have you played Nine Men's Morris? Do you know this game? Yeah. Where have you heard about it? Have you known about it forever? Am I? Am uh, you know, I think, I think it was included in one of the old Assassin's Creed games. Oh, okay. It's like one of the mini games. Yeah, it's an old Roman game. Apparently it goes back to like uh, the BC era or like the first writing about it was from the year eight. It's just fun to have like those classic games on this, but that game's surprisingly fun. Nintendo Uh, got the copyright. They (laughs) pulled it off. And there's stuff like with the fox and the hare where it's another game from the 16 or 1700s. And it's like, oh, it's just cool to play these old games that I've never encountered before. Uh, Do you have a favorite in the batch, Anna? 
I mean, okay, I feel like I just port my favorites from real life into the game. So my favorite card game is Speed. So I've been playing Speed in that game. Because um, something that I like is Speed. It's a great game. It's a pain to set up and shuffle, and the game goes mm-hmm. by so fast. But then on the Switch, it takes a couple seconds. So That works. Uh, I had a good time with like playing through all these uh, with somebody else. And the baseball game was surprisingly good. Like a lot of the other sports ones, it's like, okay, you get it. You can play air hockey. You can play some toy tennis, they call it and stuff. But this baseball game (laughs) is surprisingly fully featured for these micro games in this package. Uh, And like the timing is brutal. Like if you are the pitcher, you have the upper hand in such a big way, more than any baseball game I've ever played. And I haven't played too many of them to be fair. Uh, But like it is just infuriating to be the batter and always just like I feel like I can get it this time and you just miss every time uh, basically I've seen like you know Dan Reichert and friend of the show Mike Mahardy streaming that they're playing Mega Baseball 3 or whatever I would like to see them play this version of baseball because this seems like just a boiled down brutal tight baseball experience I think it's surprisingly cool Is it on The Last of Us Part 2 of baseball games absolutely <laughs> Is it online? Can you play online at all? I think you can, yeah. For some of them, yeah. And then for some of them, you need multiple switches, which is odd. Like, you can't play Texas Hold'em without multiple switches, stuff like that. Uh, Also, it's weird. It's weird for the bowling game. Like, you think about one of the nice things with the Wiimote is that it's kind of ambidextrous. But it's weird that, like, okay, if your partner has, like, the left Joy-Con, it's like, they just have to, like, hold the left Joy-Con in their right hand to bowl. It's kind of gross feeling but clubhouse games 51 worldwide classics was the name of that thing uh i'm happy i played it let's see time to move on let's do it okay um anna do you know how this whole thing operates yeah we use a patreon <laughs> yeah patreon.com slash minmax two ends if you support us at any tier you get access to the discord which is a bit of a shangri-la it's a very very friendly community on the internet i've i think that's the number one piece of feedback we've gotten from minmax overall like when i message people when they sign up on patreon because i'll send you a nice message about like hey how'd you find us what kind of stuff do you want to see and so many people respond by like yeah i heard you on the podcast talking about how nice that discord is and I did not expect it to be this overwhelmingly positive. Uh, it's still just uh, a bit of an oasis on the internet, so please check that out. Also, um, just a plug that on Tuesday, we put up an interview with Shane Kim, who was the former head of Xbox. He was at Microsoft for 20 years, uh, worked his way up. He eventually handed his role off to Phil Spencer. So he was the Phil Spencer before Phil Spencer. Um, but he hasn't done like a big interview that I can find for over 10 years uh so it was nice unpacking the history of the xbox with him he was also the ceo of gamestop so we get into a fun conversation about gamestop's challenges and stuff like that so you can find that on our youtube channel or you can unlock the podcast version if you support us at the five dollar tier along with the audio versions of the deepest dives for the last of us part two and probably seven remake all that fun stuff all right look at this beating down brian the incredibly sweet member of the community he supported us on patreon and he's using that opportunity to plug other people so beating down brian says hey if you're in the mood for a stream or a let's play then i encourage you to check out captain stubbs one's youtube channel he's currently working his way through dead space with a recent episode featuring guests from min max's community go check him out and support his channel because that's what the community is all about uh p.s there's also some dude named kyle and surreal that stream pretty regularly on twitch and you could also go check them out if you're really stuck stuck i guess 
<laughs> uh, kidding, Brian. says Beaten Down Brian. They rock. Uh, also, thanks to I Am 8-Bit for their support of MinMax. That's ongoing here. They have limited editions of What the Golf. Uh, they're printing 2,500 of these for the Nintendo Switch, only available on I Am 8-Bit Store. It's a great game from last year, one of my favorites. Is it my top 10 list? Maybe like around number six or something like that? Um, but you can find the limited edition of What the Golf on their store, and it comes with a sticker sheet, and they're also selling uh, the vinyl soundtrack for What the Golf. And if you use the promo code MINMAX, you get 10% off. So thank you to I Am 8-Bit for their support. And every week, they ship out an amazing prize from their store, to somebody from the community who submitted the best comment, the best question uh, for this community question segment. So let's see. This week, what should they ship out? How about this plushie from Monument Valley? So we're going to choose our favorite question of the week, and that person will get shipped out this cute plushie from Monument Valley that's available in IM8Bit Store. So thank you for that. But not one that has your germs on it, right? No, they're going to ship out a new one. Yeah, because this one, it's basically covered in Cheeto dust at this point. It's a real mess. <laughs> uh, but there's something new as well that I wanted to let folks know about. So a while ago on the podcast, maybe it was even on the Game Informer show, I was talking about Satisfy Switch Grips and how great they are, uh, where it basically you take Switch in handheld mode, you can dock it into this thing. makes it feel comfortable like a PlayStation 4 controller. It's called the Satisfy Grip, specifically the Zen Grip Bundle, which comes with like a carrying case and stuff like that. And so when I launched MinMax, uh, we're like, oh, maybe we could get like sponsors for the podcast. They were the first people that I reached out to to see if they wanted to sponsor the podcast. They said, eh, not so much. But we kept talking. And so now we got to a point where they're up for doing community giveaways. And so we're going to be giving away two Zen Grip bundles on the Nintendo Switch from Satisfy. That's S A T I S F Y E. We're going to be giving away two of these uh, every month for the next four months, thanks to them. So it's that awesome oh. thing of like, hey, it works for our community, it works for us. This will be great. So the way you can win this incredibly comfortable grip for your Switch is if you're on Twitter, regardless of how many followers you have, no big deal. If you just tweet out your favorite piece of MinMax content so far throughout the long, storied seven months that we've been around, whatever the hell it's been, tweet out your favorite piece of content or even our YouTube channel and include the hashtag GamesFriendsGettingBetter. If you include that hashtag, uh, then we'll randomly choose from that pool and then you can win a Satisfy Switch Grip. So thanks again to the folks at Satisfy. That's very nice. Um, and we'll select a winner soon. So tweet that out and uh, we'll ship it out your way. All right, community questions. Y'all ready for this? Yes. Thank you, Kyle. Brian W. says, hey, I'm just going to say it. We need E3. This sucks. We got half a presentation from Sony. Microsoft's is so, so far away. And who even knows when Nintendo is going to reveal anything? This is a very slow, unexciting drip for a summer. How do you feel about this summer game fest so far? I don't hate it. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like on some level... I, I feel like on some level, as long as all of the news gets out there, right, that's all that really matters. And I know that there's like a spectacle to, hey, let's just do it all in one day. And it's like the super exciting day. But um, I think we've talked about this a little bit before about I think maybe the people who suffer most are some of the smaller companies that get to be bundled in with major announcements. 
Um, but we are sort of seeing a little bit of that. I like. I don't think Jet gets its own play, like uh, the new game from Super Brothers gets its own presentation. You know that people that hundreds of thousands of people tune into if it's not on the back of something like you know the Sony presentation. So we are seeing kind of that, and then we're also seeing kind of these one-off announcements where people do get to have their say or like their time in the sun of like, hey, now it's like this is the day where this gets announced, and people are excited about it. Uh, yeah, I I love having the compacted week. I'll take that. Uh, over this any day, any year. But at the same time, it seems so bizarre to get lost in the sea of announcements. Like even over the weekend, when the PC gaming show was happening, I forgot it was happening. And I was just confused about like, why is Persona 4 Golden being released on Steam on a Saturday? It's like, oh, that's right. Uh, the PC gaming show. There's so many events going on now and there's no great way to track it other than people on Twitter trying to let you know what might be coming up. But even over the weekend too, I suddenly saw easy allies was talking about their reaction video for gorilla collective. I'm like, what is this is gorilla collective, like an E3 stream. I should be paying attention to There's just so many things that I can't wrap my mind around. And I feel like I'm pl- like paying pretty close attention to this stuff overall. Yeah. And I think it's hard to tell too, like if announcements are slower or if announcements don't happen, like what's just delays in production because of COVID, you know, like, is this because E3 was canceled or is it because COVID is like canceling a lot of things, you know? Yeah. 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 So even just people being wishy-washy with the dates when they do, when they are included in this of like, what was that even, God, which was that big studio? Oh, uh, Baldur's Gate 3. That team said like, ah, we're aiming for this. We're aiming for August, but yeah. you know, we'll see how I it goes. I think they said August 2020, maybe. I okay. Think it was what it said in the trailer. Perfect. Uh, I would be super curious to see what the, yeah, what the engagement metrics are for like various companies, whether they have like a, a way to directly compare to E3 of like, oh, well, this number was way higher during our E3 thing or like because we had the day to ourselves, engagement was much higher for whatever metrics are directly comparable year over year. Um, and I think that'll be like the biggest signal to whether or not companies continue to do this or if they start compressing um, this entire summer into a few months just by, you know, or a few weeks, I mean, um, just by like naturally like, hey, if we compress it more, there's more excitement and we get to get more engagement. Well, yeah. we do know yeah. that the PlayStation stream was like a huge success. Yeah. Like more so even than anything, I think any of its past E3 presentations. Oh, so do they have some is, statement about it being popular? Yeah. Here, this is Millie Amand who does um, like stats for YouTube is like her job. Huh. And she said that, yes, uh, the PS5 reveal event was the most watched gaming live stream in YouTube history. It surpassed all previous console reveals and E3 shows. Wow. So well, that seems like it's working pretty well. Yeah. I wonder if folks are kind of starved for content. So when they're like, oh, PlayStation show, like they just go it's all good, in. Yeah. yeah, it's also like Sony's the one who's most going to benefit from something like that. Because, yeah, th- people yes. will come to Sony no matter what. Like that, I don't That's think they true. were worried about like, oh, what if people are too busy staying at home yeah. to watch us? Yeah, I saw... There was this weird thing where 505 Games was showing some racing game. I'm sorry for forgetting the details. And they were streaming it like from the official E3 account. It was like being hosted on E3's official site. And I checked that out and there were like 3,000 people watching or something. It's one of those just like, okay. It's so bizarre mm-hmm. seeing like, hey, here's a technical E3 stream. And it's like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're good. Yeah. It's also yeah, weird that... Oh, God. I I feel like that that all of this is kind of a continued failure of the ESA in that regard, where it's 
it's totally understandable that that the show was canceled but they should have been the ones to step up and say okay well actually we're just doing everything online and here's a very concrete schedule of lining up all these different publishers and everyone and instead you had ign kind of trying to do it but you know like you said there's about 50 different sources and and no one is announcing specific times until they're ready for it and it, it has just kind of become this big mess and i feel like if anyone was going to do it, it should have been the people in charge of E3 to begin with. And I think they tried to message that when they announced that there wasn't going to be an E3. They're like, we're moving everything online. We'll figure it out. And then I think all the publishers were like, all right, we'll just figure our own stuff then. Like there's mm-hmm. no, I mean, trying to rally everybody before that announcement, I guess. They were just trying to get it out there that, hey, please don't come to L.A. But It, it definitely I mean, seemed for a little bit there that the Summer Games Fest from Jeff Kelly was going to be the, kind of the thing. And then I don't think I've heard too much about it in the last couple of weeks. Well, he had an interesting thing, actually, where he was streaming the PlayStation event last week and then had, like, a post-show and a pre-show where he had interviews with developers and stuff like that. So it seemed to be a pretty good resource overall. He had developers of, oh God, that game that starts with an E for the PS5 that I can't remember the name of right now. Um, Ember? Is that what it's called? Ember Ash? I don't remember. No. But anyways, uh, they were on there. So it seems like they're still doing something, but it's less of, like, come here for the hot exclusives. It's just a more informed take on a lot of these E3-ish okay. events. Um, but, good question. Let's see. Nick L. writes in and he says, hey, if you knew everything about a new system except what it looks like, would you buy it? You'd know obvious things like price, game releases, whether it can be vertical or horizontal, but also things like the maximum dimensions. It could be a big box. It could be a triangle base and circle on top. Would you buy it? Yeah. 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 So if the PlayStation 5, you didn't get to see it until it showed up at your house. Yeah. That would yeah. be, that would almost kind of be cool. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, they, yeah. if Sony had the guts <laughs> to do that, where it's like you're buying this and you're not going to see it until you actually open up the box, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Yeah. I, w- <laughs> uh, I guess yeah, unless they're going to be pranking you, yeah, how bad could it be? <laughs> uh, yeah, it'll be totally fine. Uh, Even if it's something like phallic, like you just put it behind the the cabinet, like you're fine. (laughs) Yeah, that's where you put all your phallic objects, behind the cabinet. Uh, By the way, the game I was thinking of was Ember Labs, and it was the game that, again, I screamed at you all on the PlayStation 5 stream, don't let me forget the name of this game. (laughs) Kenna Bridge of Spirits, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. Who can forget? Uh, Steven Vela says, what AI improvements would you like to see in the next generation of games? Is there a recurring thing in video games over the past few years that you'd like to see improved? Red Dead Redemption 2 set a high bar in terms of how NPCs react, and I hope we'll see more of that in the next gen. Jeff, um, what do you think about the AI in Red Dead 2? Uh, it was great, man, uh-huh. from what I've seen. It uh, seems people a little were doing flat. chores. People were doing chores around the camp. It was, it was phenomenal. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah what I, along those lines of people reacting, I, I would like to see just more focus on AI characters kind of living out believable lives and you know kind of having their own routines and things that they go along so it's not just oh a person's walking down the street and they're just gonna you know take a loop around the block or they're just gonna phase out as soon as i'm two blocks away or that kind of thing yeah i wonder if we'll see that in death loop like one of the things they were talking about for that game was the idea of like okay it's gonna be a really 
compact city. And since you're stuck in this loop, you'll get to follow people and like understand better where they're all at. So I wonder if that's going to be a display of that or if that's a little bit more rote of just they're going from here to here to here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see something like... Um because I think one of one of like the big things with video games now is that they kind of throw like they they try to ground you like in these realistic environments, but then they'll throw like way too many enemies because they have to be fodder, right? Yeah. Um, I would like to see like encounters where people are really protective of their own, like of themselves to the point where like killing one person takes like a huge amount of effort because they're always hiding and they're kind of behaving a lot more believably. And so like you can have encounters where it's just like it, it was just like one other person. And it took me a while. Like all I had to do was shoot them like two or three times, but it took a while because they were like shifting and hiding or whatever, and they were being a lot more stealthy in a believable way. I think that'd be, I think that would be like a, a cool thing to see versus I mean, without it being in like an actual other person on the other end. Yeah. Nicholas Cole says, greetings and salutations, everybody. I'm very excited to be a part of the Deepest Dive for The Last of Us Part 2. Thank you. Uh, I want to be a part of the discussion and experience the game with the community. I'm really excited for this game in particular because I didn't get to experience the phenomenon of the first Last of Us as I only just finished it this year. So my question is, is there a game or games that you wanted to make sure you played right away so that you could be part of the discussion slash event? Or is there a game that you didn't play right away and regret not being part of the discussion slash event? Uh, I'm with Nicholas, where for me it was The Last of Us Part 1, where I recorded our spoiled video back at Game Informer about it, so it was all spoiled for me, so I didn't play it until the PS4 version. Do you wish, in hindsight, that you had been there for... I think it would have been nice to have a fresh take uh, and attach to those characters without just knowing eventually where everything's going. Mm. I mean, it's... Like, it's a problem, but, like, I feel rushed with like a lot of story driven games you know like even last of us like i feel like i have this deadline for myself with like i need to get it done i need to finish it by friday because i don't want to stumble on a spoiler on twitter right like i have the benefit of being able to do that like with min max and everything but like i mean yeah a lot of times like story driven games in particular like i just i it's not even like that i necessarily need to be part of the discussion as much as i just don't I just want to experience things on my own terms instead of the internet's terms, you know. So, but um, yeah. in terms in terms of one, I I feel like I'm I wish I had played right when it came out. I, I've even said it before: is Metal Gear Solid Two. I yeah. came to that one later and like really loved it. And it was kind of one of those things where I was like, "Man, have you guys played this game?" And they're like, "Yeah, we played like two years ago. It was great." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. my mine is a little different, but I, in hindsight, I wish I would have been on the minecraft train when it was Mm. just like first coming out and still really heavy in development in terms of them adding new stuff all the time i'm i imagine that that you know just completely blew the minds or the community's mind as that was going on and kind of that that would have been a fun thing to kind of a phenomenon to to actually participate because we came to it years kind of years later at, after it had already been in early access a long time and it was another one of those situations where it's like oh man this is really amazing and it's like yeah community's known about that for a long long time yeah uh sincerely eric says hello ben and the computer loving squadron hello my question to all of you this week what is the oddest game for a particular studio to have come out with as in if i said what studio do you think made blank and then I told you it was blank, you would say, no way, let me look that up. For example, <laughs> do you know who made Mario Hoops on the 3DS? Does anyone remember this uh, weird one? Square Enix? Oh, no. Yeah, Serial uh-huh. Vasquez, Square Enix. 
Yeah, because they had like the uh, the white mage, or uh, it had like I think it was either the white mage or the red mage in it. Oh, really? Yeah, and I, I think it had like who was it? The um, Tonberry? I think the Tonberry was involved. Oh my god, that sounds yeah. perfect they had and weird, lethal. A lot of weird, yeah, screenings. Um, I love this question from sincerely Eric on Patreon. Uh, does anybody have any games that immediately jump to mind for just oddballs and coming from a famous studio? I think the there weirdest was... example. I'll oh, go ahead. There was table tennis by Rockstar. That is yeah. true. That is true. Yeah. There was that time that Bioware made a Sonic the Hedgehog RPG. Oh, that's right. That's a good one, yeah. I God. think of this is maybe a weird one, but uh Fifth Cell, who does who did all the Scribble Knots games. Yeah. And they did Drawn to Life, which are very like cartoony platformers. And then they in 2012, I looked it up to make sure they released a like strategy cover shooter that was like very gritty and science fiction. And you couldn't hybrid. You could yeah, you couldn't aim in that game. There's something funky about. No, like, it was uh, you couldn't move like outside of moving from cover to cover. So it's like you, you can move within the cover or whatever, but you couldn't like be out in the open. You had to jump from piece of cover to cover, and it was like this yeah. weird like 3D space thing where you could hop onto the top of the room or go down below. Uh, I remember playing a little from bit. From the makers like, oh. of Scribble Knots, like yeah. yeah, of course. That's <laughs> so weird. Uh, somebody wrote in before uh, to the Moon Mac show, but I didn't read it, and I'm sorry. Uh, somebody wrote in just about how insane it is that EA uh, Tiburon, the Madden studio, that they were the developers of Henry Hatsworth and the Puzzling Adventure. Right. Yeah. Uh, that was a weird, weird game. Did they do Superman Returns? Yes. I believe so. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The sports studios, when they eventually shake out, like this game didn't go anywhere, but on PS3, or was it PS4? Uh, But Sony San Diego developed a game called Kill Strain, which I think was another free to play uh, Sony game. I think it was released. I didn't hear a Mm -hmm. word about it after that. Um, This is my favorite topic. I have a bunch of random ones. Do you guys know who developed Bubsy 3D? Uh, Sony Bend. Uh, developers of Days Gone and Siphon Filter back before oh, it was called right, yeah. Sony Bend it, it was that studio because I remember like the director creative director for Days Gone defending Bubsy 3D when we were there he was like that <laughs> game was doing cool stuff don't bash it um, this is a light one but I'm always fascinated that Mist 4 was developed by Ubisoft Montreal like oh I didn't know uh, that the studio that brought you Assassin's Creed of course um, did you guys know that the same people that did Jack and Daxter did The Last of Us no kyle come on this is a serious question from sincerely eric don't mess with us uh there's the classics of like adventures of cooking cream on ps2 is a from software game uh do you know who developed kyle dragon ball z sagas that crappy dragon ball game uh avalanche from salt lake city right yeah the disney infinity team and now they're working on that harry potter rpg um there's also weird stuff like uh warner brothers montreal arkham origins studio they developed Lego Legends of Chima Online, like this Lego MMO that nobody has ever talked about, and I don't even know if it's online still. Um, Arc System Works, Serial, our dear mm-hmm. friends from Dragon Ball Fighters, uh, they developed Moonwalker on Genesis. Huh. Uh, really? I, know yeah. that. I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, do you guys know who developed The Nightmare Before Christmas, Oogie Boogies, or sorry, Oogie's Revenge? Oh, I can see that cover in my head because you had like a whip. Yeah, yeah. The action's very good. Is it like Activision or something? No, it's Capcom. And the fun thing is that there was a Resetera thread that broke it down. It's a lot of the DMC uh, development team. 
they went right from Devil May Cry over to Nightmare Before Christmas, and the action in it genuinely looks awesome. Hmm. It's a weird one. Uh, let's see. There's stuff like uh, Monolith, like the Shadows of War uh, people, the Middle Earth people. They developed like No One Lives Forever and Fear and Blood, all that stuff. Uh, do you guys know who ported Samba de Amigo from the Dreamcast to the Wii? Was it um, Ready at Dawn? Close. Gearbox. Oh, I was like, I was going to randomly guess Gearbox. Damn. Kyle, do you know who ported Okami to the Wii? Uh, nope, no idea. I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> the IGN guys, right? It was yeah, the IGN the team. Yeah, that was ready at dawn then. But yeah. thank you sincerely, Eric. I love that dumb a good question. developer trivia. Um, Stud Muffin says, I know someone who brushes their teeth in the shower. Are they simply a freak or has my friend attained an unprecedented level of efficiency and ingenuity? Uh, in the middle. I think it's a bit much. Like, just wake I've done up. it a couple of times. Really? Yeah, I mean, not, mostly because it was like, I think it was a, a late for work kind of thing where it's like, okay, I better, I if I can, I can fuse these two activities together and do it faster. But it's like, hey, you maybe save like 10 seconds or something. Doesn't like your phone short out from Pokemon Smile in the shower? I don't get how that would work. <laughs> oh, this was before, this is the before times. Yeah. You guys brush your teeth before Pokemon <laughs> uh, Smile? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I also knew this really weird guy who had like 10 toothbrushes for fingers. It was really weird. He sounds pretty hot. <laughs> Uh, so Stud Muffin asks, what's something strange you do for the sake of efficiency? Uh, I, li- I like this question, but I, I don't know if that I have a great answer. I, All right, I don't think this one. is too freaky, but I've been uh, running in the mornings. Serial, you, are you still running? Uh, no, I'm staying mostly inside, but smart. mine is actually related to that, which Ooh. I'll get to once you're done. Okay, yeah. So I've been running in the mornings, but like, yeah, you're going to get drenched in sweat. It's going to be a mess. And so I just always wear my clothes from the day before as I go running because I'm going to have to wash them anyway. So it's just like my socks and stuff, just everything from the day before. Is that weird? You're wearing jeans? <laughs> yeah, and my hoodie. Uh, no, I have like my running shorts, but then like shirt oh, okay. and socks and underwear, all mm. that stuff. Just day before, let's really it, blow this stuff out. It's not typical, but it's not, I don't think it's like crazy or anything. Okay, all right. I, yeah. I have, Especially if you run I have every a basket. Morning. I have a basket of clothes where it's like if I put if I only put on socks to like, you know, walk down to the mailbox or something, then I'll just put them in there because they're still good at that yeah, point. It's your yeah, dirty but still good pile. clothes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like it. Uh, I've been u- I've been uh, uh, using my exercise bike to watch a lot of movies recently. So, because I've been working through the Blank Check podcast, friends of the show, but uh, <laughs> as I've been working through those and watching the films, mo- mostly the stuff that's free or if it's like, hey, here's a really big movie that I haven't seen, I'll I'll pay for those. Yeah. But I'll usually like start the movie and bike for like an hour or so and then watch the rest of it, you know, after. So it, it's been it's been a good way to like catch up on that stuff. And also because it's like it, it's easier for me to like just focus in. It's more like the movie theater experience since I can't do anything else while I'm biking. I can't check my phone really. So it, it allows me to actually focus on the movie pretty well. Did you watch Babe Pig in the City? I did because it was free. Because I well, what I did the weird the weirdest thing that I did was I went through like okay, here are all the movies on HBO. Uh, I don't have HBO, but I can get a seven day trial and watch like seven or eight movies, and I can get Gone those with done. The, basic- the other greatest, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so I did end up watching both of the Babe movies actually last weekend. <laughs> uh- <laughs> Isn't Babe 2 the weirdest, darkest thing in the world? Yeah, it, it goes, like, every time I'm thinking, like, like I know how this is going to go. Like, she's going in, like, she's taking the pig into the city, and they're going to have the ship. But it's, like, the fact that it's based on just one, basically one night before the thing, and, like, the directions it goes 
well, I don't want to spoil anything. But it's like, <laughs> it just go every time you think it's going to turn right, it turns left in this weird way that I do not expect. And so you would recommend, to clarify, you would recommend watching Babe in the City. Well, I mean, you have to watch the first one because it's like, that's a lot of I also do appreciate, I haven't listened to the episode on it yet, but I, I really like watching it now. It just feels like it must have been impossible to direct quote-unquote directing <laughs> animals the way they do because you don't see like it's you see a lot of shots <laughs> where you don't i don't know what they were doing off screen to get the the animals to move in like very specific ways yeah it is it, it feels like man the making of this movie must like th- there is a book there in terms of how hard that must have been <laughs> yeah deepest dive oh my city. god we're just gonna have like a freaky orangutan in a suit like walk down a staircase that's lined by cats and dogs like paying solemn respect it's like what is this film yeah i've never seen a movie that like relishes death more than babe two pig in the city like every time a character dies or you think that they're dying like for example it's just a dumb example but i remember it just happens over and over again in that movie but there's a dog that's in like a wheelchair Mm -hmm. and the dog like dies gets hit by a truck or something and then it just because it's babe of course and then it just shows the wheelchair tipped over on its side and like the wheel is still spinning on the wheelchair (laughs) and the camera just holds on this wheel slowly spinning until it stops for what feels like three minutes it is just like letting you soak in the fact that these characters are dying yeah. in a, like it, a pornographic level of attention it is yeah, weird. It, it, it doesn't linger on the fact that it's like the, the novelty of like oh these animals they somehow got them to talk or whatever but it's like all these characters have like actual arcs from beginning to end that feel actually feel like they they sat down and talked about okay you know the dog that initially chases babe throughout the like the early parts of the city in the first half hour no yeah. let's give him an actual arc where he comes to respect babe for saving his life after he falls off the bridge and pay the pig frowns. yeah like it's so that, that movie is wild it's hey, a good movie hey george miller's finest work um <laughs> james smith wrote in do we answer that what, what was that question about oh yeah <laughs> Rocking being, God, being efficient yeah, yeah being efficient uh, James Smith says, "Hey, Banana Hansen and the Banana Ramas, you got it. What do you think Visceral would be making right now if there were still a studio?" There's Just a chi- Space Four. I mean, it's so easy to go <laughs> for like the big I, one. I, I, right? I want them to be making. I, there's still a world where they'd be making Amy Hennig's Star Wars game. That is like, all right, this one of those things. Let's just push it to next gen, and, and we'll get around to it eventually. So or, like a hypothetical on a hypothetical. <laughs> it is. <laughs> or they'd be like. They'd be the Apex Legends support studio instead of Respawn opening up a new studio, mm-hmm. what, in Montreal or whatever? I'm I, I mean, there was a chance. I mean, at some point, they maybe could have taken over Call of Duty, like been, become one of those Call or, of Duty studios. That, or wait, Battlefield. Wrong, probably, sure, Battlefield? Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah, sure. Yeah, could be. Uh, Steven Lamson says, hello, podcast hosts and co-hosts. What is your preferred method of eating an Oreo? Three-fourths dunk with fingers, full dunk with fingers, Fork stabbed into the white filling, custom made Oreo dunking utensil, or something different? Uh, first one, three fourths. Yeah, it's three fourths. And then you just hope that the edge doesn't break as you're, ho- as you're holding it. Oh, so you guys just bite into the. You gotta have a light touch on that. <laughs> I usually like spit, like do the spin thing and then split it apart and then eat the cookies separately. Yeah, which one do you start with? The one without the frosting on it. Yeah. 
You understand how it works. And then you lick the other one until it's like there's not there's it's just like a very thin coating and then you bite into that one. I uh I'm not a big Oreo guy. I think they're fine. I think store cookies always underwhelming. It's the biggest discrepancy between made at home versus bought in the store is like a chocolate chocolate chip cookie in particular. Like what a Chips Ahoy versus homemade chocolate chip cookies. Well, if, Night and if, day. if you're buying Chips Ahoy, Hanson, yeah. I don't want to buy it. Chewy, chewy Chips Ahoy are good. Chewy? No. Yeah. I mean, still, yes, <laughs> objectively great. a tasty thing to put in your mouth compared to well, most I mean, you things. You can say that about a lot of foods, though. Like, that, yeah, it's obviously better if you make them at home. I don't know. I think if you make like a chicken parmesan, you're going to get 80% of the way there at home, right? But that cookie discrepancy, that's like. 15% versus 100%. Anyways, uh, my question that I had for you all about Oreos is like, maybe I've been eating them wrong my entire life. Like, what percentage of the time are you eating Oreos with milk? Because for me, it's probably 4% of the time. Very rare. Yeah. It's probably like 90 for me. 90. Like, 90. Yeah, really? like if I'm going to have an Oreo, I'm, I might as well get a glass of milk to go with it. You know? I mean, I feel like I shifted from one to the other. The, and you need the, must, need, you know, the mustache... Uh, broom and that's essential and you need a nap. <laughs> when you give a mouse a cookie is what it is what oh, I, I see oh, i see yeah that makes sense it's confused uh joe kafchinski says i love it when games let you approach oh i love this is so specific i love it when games let you approach a ladder from either direction and automatically swing you around to the proper side if necessary even better if they do it with a flourish like batman's cape or Ezio's robes what are some meaningless touches in games that make you irrationally happy? Oh, uh, that's a good one. The, the latter one is definitely a good one. I prefer uh, the former one. I think for me, one tiny thing is when you can uh, click one of the sticks to switch the perspective from like right, left oh, side of the screen to the yeah, right yeah. side. Because uh, The Last of Us does not have that, and I missed it a lot. <laughs> uh, so I always appreciate games where, like, I think Alan Wake was the first game that I noticed you could do this in. I don't know if it was the first one that let you do it. But I remember thinking like, oh, that's really cool. You can you can shoot from the left side of the screen or the right side of the screen. That's, that's, that's And it's, cool. I mean, it's tactical sometimes too. You know, like it's yeah. generally helps, yeah. Yeah. I get, this is like maybe not the right answer for the question, but I get annoyed if like you press the map button, but then you have to press the map button to leave the map and you can't press like the B button. Oh, like weird. The B button should always be exit. I played a game recently where I was checking the map a lot and you had to press the map button again to exit it. And it, it, I never, I never got the hang of it. Like I always would press B and be like, ah, I gotta press map, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, mine is I like when games let you break windows for some reason. Like any any time they let you break windows, and but also the more uh, advanced they get with the physics of it, mm. so it's not just like the whole thing smashes. But if you can just break out little pieces of it, I will spend way too much time doing that. Hell yeah, yeah. Hey, Jeff, I'm cover your ears for a second. Oh God! Just cover your ears, earmuffs, or just take your headphones off. Yeah. Yep. Jeff there you really, go. Earphones really gonna love the Last of Us Part Two, you guys. There's a lot of smashing <laughs> windows. Oh my God! That's what everybody's so okay, angry about online. You can come back now. Come back! Come back, Jeff. <laughs> come back. You uh, know, Kyle. I think I can probably figure out what what you were saying. <laughs> no, there's no way you can figure it out. I mean, out. I've never heard more disparaging comments about Jeff's wife. Oh, I yeah, was he, stunned. He, he spoiled the end of Bay Pig in the City. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Owens asks, "Hey, is Apple Arcade still a thing? I haven't heard anyone talk about it since the first month. Can we deem it a failure? Is anybody still playing this thing?" 
Yeah, it was good in execution. I feel like everyone was so hyped, but then yeah. everyone's free trials ended. <laughs> that must be what it is. And yeah. they're still rolling out games. I was trying to see if there's any big developers now. I think what Q Games has like two games on there or something, but I haven't touched it. Like a playing as trash collectors or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyle, if anybody was still sticking around with this thing, I feel like it'd be you. And I'm not, which is probably telling because I really, I liked it. Uh, I paid for like two two months, I think, ultimately, because I just was so into Grindstone. And I also liked that there was a storefront because my kid likes mobile games a lot. And I would be like, if you're going to get a mobile game, just get it from here. Mm -hmm. Like, don't look anywhere else. Just get it from this store because I know there won't be microtransactions or anything in it. And uh, But we just stopped. There weren't any games I was playing, so I let it lapse and I haven't gone back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Also... Xbox Game Pass, like, has such a wide variety of titles now, like, from rock-solid indies to just, like, I mean, Red Dead was on there recently, right, added, so, um, like, why why would you pay for something else? It's, it's true, it's sad, but true, yeah. Uh, Cade Mead says, just curious how the pandemic has changed each of your work lives as games journalists slash freelancers. Only based on how it affects work, are you looking forward to getting back to normal someday or are you enjoying the possibility of a new home-focused lifestyle? That's a big one, Cade. Um, I mean, I weirdly, just before everything went down, had started a job where I worked from home like producing the daily podcast and so like even when things go back to normal i will still be working from home as long as i'm still doing the podcast you know um so it's like hasn't affected my professional life a lot other than like i'm not coming to midmax like that's like the big thing that's changed uh, which i do miss but um yeah yeah that's that's why i was gonna say that I I am certainly looking forward to when we can just get into the studio, although now it's super humid and gross. And probably yeah. It's disgusting in here. It's Don't come in here. It's It'll be very different. You know, when we when we left, it was too cold, but now we can experience the flight yeah. for it to be too hot. But realistically, you we won't be coming one, back like, until it's... a three-day period where it was probably nice down there. Yeah. <laughs> That's really the biggest issue with the pandemic. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I do miss that, but otherwise... Uh, if I was going to do something else, I would I would be fine doing it from home. Ooh, big news, everybody! I'm surprised I didn't cover this in the Pokemon Direct. Actually, it was it was gargantuan. Um, I went to Jeffum's house this last weekend. <laughs> what? I found out he where he lived for the up. first time. I showed up at his front door, and he gave he got me past the landmines, and it was <laughs> stunning. Did he, did he call you over to like break some windows? Is that what he? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I was uh, borrowing a bunch of 1v1 tabletop games. Basically just letting him buy all these games and then I'm just going to borrow them for a very, very long time. So thank you, Jeff. Um, oh, you used to do that with me in Blu-rays. That used to be our thing. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Do you have any Blu-rays I can have, Jeff? No. Okay, great. Well, I'll come I do. And- I do have a copy of Control that we could oh, pass right. out. <laughs> that uh, was a, a pre-pandemic Lend from Kyle that I still have. That's right, yeah. Oh, also, Anna, okay. I have a MinMax shirt for you that's been sitting in my room for a very long time. It's like everybody has these gifts like bent up at this Stay. point now. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Anybody else have thoughts on their lifestyle now? No, it's mostly been like a, a where I've been working from home, so it hasn't really changed it. But I do have to be more like uh, the biggest thing it's changed is that oh well, let's go to let's order from the restaurant. It's like oh closed. Okay, well yeah. Yeah. Well, now it's hard to tell like what is closed because of 
COVID and then what is closed because of the riots. And it's just like a mess, you know. Versus yeah. is this thing now closed forever because of mm-hmm. COVID and so it's shut down? Like it's still mm-hmm. just devastating. Yeah. Um, Travis writes in, he says, someone tell Jeffum that corn is not a vegetable. Uh, corn is not a vegetable. What is I, corn then? Besides the band, tomatoes not a fruit. I don't care what anyone. I don't care what the scientists say about that. Well, this Travis, the scientist. I don't know what he's talking about. I just googled it, and it says corn is a vegetable. Boo! Whoa, maybe this is the twist. But the corn kernel itself is considered a grain. So uh, maybe that's what he's uh, talking about. I don't know. Wait. So the kernel. Okay. So the kernel itself. So what? The rest of it is the. The part that you don't eat is a vegetable, or what? what the cob That's, is the vegetable? No, like what you would. I'm thinking about a grain, like you would grind up corn and make it like into a tortilla, maybe, right? Yeah. In the same way that you could like grind up. So I don't know. Maybe it's both. Because I was like, is grain not a vegetable? I guess it's a grain. Is wheat not a vegetable? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think wheat is, is a vegetable. I, flour but. is my favorite vegetable. <laughs> but Bread hey. is my favorite vegetable. <laughs> so it says that... <laughs> well, okay, I mean, pizza was a vegetable for a little while, right? So I think so, yeah. I, I think legally it still is. Or, no, <laughs> pizza is legally a fruit because of the tomatoes that are on it. Well, you're right? saying like the Supreme I don't know, there's something crazy like it's this. legally defined. As like a fruit or vegetable. Why are you saying legally so many times? Because, okay, okay. This I think is like it's, a, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, it's just a long story. But like if it has a certain amount of tomato sauce on it, it can be classified as a vegetable so that public schools can say like oh, we serve this vegetable interesting. to these kids. Yeah. And so it's kind of messed up, right? Because, yeah. So, um, so this says that the corn kernel itself, where popcorn comes from, is the grain. So I guess like the yeah, yellow part is still a vegetable that. and then what is the popcorn part at the bottom of the yellow thing? Is that the way how, is that, how does corn work? <laughs> I, I, we bought a maker recently so we've been eating a lot of homemade popcorn. If I just took a corn and just scraped the kernels into the popcorn maker would that make like fresh popcorn? If it yeah, let dry, us know. right? It has yeah. to be dried out, I Wait, guess. No, no. It's something else, isn't it? I think it's at the bottom yeah. of those things. But Kyle, yeah, please put a bunch of Frozen okay. corn into your popcorn maker and tell us how it goes. <laughs> no, I'm fresh corn in that stuff. Frozen corn. Right. Put um, live corn on the cob. Yeah, very alive. <laughs> uh, Drifter Like writes in, he says, what is this? Oh, hello. Sorry if this is a suggestion, but when this thing that's spreading stops and when all of you return to the studio, can you all give each other a group hug only if it's safe? But right now, can everybody give each other a virtual group hug? <laughs> All right, Drifter Let's Life. layout here? Because my layout looks different than what the final version is. I so don't do I think it matters. Like this way? I think it's just straight out for everybody. Okay, there we go. And then go. it's kind of like... Or a POV. And then, and then you kind of... But make your arms closer to oh, your face. There's no, look, there's no wrong way to do this, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Can you see how much all of us are sweating? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? We're fine. It's myself, thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, Yaro asks, have you ever went back to a game and had some new revelations slash new ideas about it? Uh, I've, I, I've oh, go gone back to games that I didn't like that I ended up liking a lot after revisiting them. But new ideas, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so I recently did play through The Last of Us, and we can talk a little bit more about it on the game club. But I, I, I think a lot of the reason that I don't 
like the world as much as uh, I think a, a lot of other people kind of came into uh, like it crystallized for me. Just it feels like it it's, it feels a little bit too negative, and and also it just reveals that like I'm I'm more and more tired of zombie fiction as as time goes on. Yeah. Uh, even even like outside of like the the current kind of situation, I I like I feel like with every pa- I I remember watching the first season of The Walking Dead and being really into it, and then like they announced the second season, and I just didn't even didn't even consider watching it. I just completely noped out of it. It's just like yeah, I think I'm done with zombie fiction. I get the idea. I get the tensions. Yeah. Uh, Travis McGowhey says, what was the dumbest thing you honestly believed when you were a kid? I'm not talking about some bull roar an adult pulled on you, rather something you thought was a truth about how things work that sprang fully formed from your mind. For example, I used to believe tiny elves lived in every digital clock and changed around the numbers. I would stare at the clock for long periods of time, trying to catch the clock elves in the act. I also believe there was a series of pneumatic tubes crisscrossing the country, connecting every mailbox, and that's how the postal service worked. Well, so Travis, smart. it takes all kinds. Does anybody remember believing dumb stuff? Yeah, um, when I was a kid, I was like four or five years old, and my dad's a professor, so I saw him like walk and get his PhD, and so he got his doctorate. And so I thought that he was a doctor. So I told everyone I knew that my father was a doctor, even though he never once <laughs> told me, like he never said anything that would slightly insinuate that he's like going into a clinic or taking <laughs> care of people. <laughs> but I mean, he, he has the, he said, doctor whatever his last name is right like yeah he is. So you were yeah. wrong yeah <laughs> technically yeah <laughs> i mean dr yeah. diaz is a pretty sweet name too so i guess it works out Serial, do you have one uh i i had one but it, it is totally like parent related and then like lying to me kind of thing so i i missed that part of the question uh <laughs> so i don't i don't have like a good one that it's just well what did your like parents lie to you about phone. Well, because like you know, I, I was I was raised Catholic, Catholic, and and part of that go. included like being having religion being used as, as a tool to control and like to tell you what to do. And part of it was like we would just we had a bunch of toys because like my dad would go out to garage sales and just buy like for a dollar or whatever he would just buy this bin full of like random toys, and so we would just leave them around everywhere. And so eventually, my mom told me that if um, that if I left any uh, any toys on the floor that the devil would take them away <laughs> and so and, and so we would like okay we got to clean it we got to clean up and make sure they're not there and then at one point i think my brother was like no that ain't true and so like, <laughs> and we and we went as far as to test it by like okay this one i'm willing to sacrifice this one wolverine <laughs> toy by leaving it and making i swear to you it is not true and like okay all right i guess we're gonna do it and then we yeah of course we went back the next morning and it was still there so it's like <laughs> oh i guess we can just do whatever so the, le- is real. so the lesson is that <laughs> Satan is more of a DC guy, or what? That's right. Yeah, okay. yeah. He's like Wolverine. Oh, this, this is not in mint condition. I don't want this. Touch it with a ten foot pole. Satan out. <laughs> well, that's cool. I hope he didn't enter your house, cereal. That would be a real bummer. <laughs> uh, I let's see. There, I have a lot of these stupid examples. I remember thinking that I cracked the code as a kid, or I'm like, okay, well, I can't fly. I really want to fly because I've seen Hook three hundred times, but I can't fly. I was like, but. I can lift stuff. So if I were like standing on a log and then I bent down and lifted the log, then I'd be flying. And I remember trying it and that was not the case at all. Uh, Believe it or not, it didn't work. (laughs) 
And then I was, I was just talking about it. This is not when I was a super dumb kid, but you know, middle a middle school, high school, dumb kid. Uh, and I was talking about it on the E3 2004 stream, but I remember coming up with this idea of like, oh, if they destroyed every computer on planet Earth, like the internet would still exist. Like, what does that mean? Like, what is the internet? And I remember asking best friend Ronnie's older brother about it. And he's like, what are you talking about? You idiot? No, like the servers have to be up. It wouldn't exist. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I knew that right on. <laughs> really thought I was outsmarting the system. And it's like, you guys, it's like natural. It'll flow through us forever. <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> uh, Jeff, were you just born brilliant? Uh, no. I, there, there was one, um, when I was a wee little kid, I had a sled that, uh, you know, kind of had a, a thin rope, or, you know, like attached to the front of it so that you could drag it up the hill or whatever. And my mom told me that, uh, she warned me that just when I'm going to go down the hill, don't let the, don't let the rope go out in front of it because it will, because then the sled won't work anymore because it, you know, it will go underneath the sled and that will get it caught Makes because sense. of the friction. But I, I did not understand, and I thought that if this, if the rope ever goes out in front of it, like the sled just will never work again. Uh, and so I was, I was super paranoid about that as a kid. And every time I got in, I had to like make sure I had the rope pulled up every time before I went down the hill. And that's probably why I'm as neurotic as I am now. And I, now I cry anytime I see a sled. So yeah, that checks out. Yeah, they made a movie about you once, Citizen Kane. Okay. Uh, I just thought of another. <laughs> this one's really embarrassing and bad. Uh, but I remember being really, really young, really young, and like using the bathroom in the middle of the night. And apparently I was trying to sit down on the toilet, but like the toilet seat was up. And so I like fell into the toilet <laughs> and I probably started crying or whatever at this point. Uh, and I remember my dad coming in the bathroom and he said, oh, don't worry. It happens to everybody. And I remember being so confused, but like, why is this happening to every? Like, I thought he was literally <laughs> saying that like everybody is required to fall into a toilet, <laughs> like the just, rite of passage. Yeah, it was a real Amelia Bedelia <laughs> situation in the bidet. Uh, Amelia Bedelia. I don't know. Anyways, let's move on. Uh, Rick Velasquez says, "Hey, with the release trailer for the Resident Evil Eight Village out there now, do you think they will stick with the weird naming convention for Resident Evil Nine? If so." What is the word going to be for that one? Six Flags! <laughs> Resident <laughs> Evil Six Flags! <laughs> I've already bought that game. I'm sold. It's just like that dancing guy coming towards you yeah. with a chainsaw? But it's like... It's like this horrifying. It, it's like they, they play the, the one song they played in all the ads, but it's like the slow, like, A group of 16-year-old oh. girls confronts you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do also like the idea of them just calling it Resident Evil 6, but being like, no, no, it's the I and the X that's yeah, it's, nine. It's, so. <laughs> uh, Rick Velasquez guesses it's going to be Resident Evil Crucifix. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's pretty that's probably better than Six Flags, yeah. I guess. Resident Evil Transfix. Uh, a lot Why of options. Resident Evil Six Afraid of Nine. <laughs> <laughs> Number one joke. Uh, Kyle Silva says, "I have a game for everybody. Which title is better? I'll name two alternate titles for the same game. One is a North American title, and the other is a title from a different region, either Europe or Japan. You decide which of these titles wins." Okay, Jeffum. Do you prefer Project Zero or Fatal Frame? 
Which region has the cooler name for that game? Uh, Fatal Frame. Okay. Anna, Fahrenheit or Indigo Prophecy? Fahrenheit. Yeah, I think Fahrenheit rules. Kyle, oh, this is perfect. You get this one. Do you prefer Legend of Zelda Link to the Past or the Japanese version Legend of Zelda Triforce of the Gods? I like Link to the Past better. Really? Yeah, Triforce of the Gods sounds generic high fantasy, but Link to the Past is kind of like there's a little bit of a pun there and implies time travel. Okay, all right. Definitive. Uh, Serial, Spyro 2, Gateway to Glimmer, or Spyro 2, Ripto's Rage? I think Ripto's Rage is probably the better. It's more metal. I don't don't know what that game is. Well, you go to the Glimmer. It's very clear. Oh, that's right. It's a gateway. Mm -hmm. Oh, weird. Jeff, um... Star Wing, Star Fox, or Lilat Wars? That game was called Lilat Wars? It was a trademark issue. Is that right? Mm-hmm. In Europe, Star Fox couldn't be used because it's like a company. Oh, mm-hmm. crazy. All right, Jeff, um, if you could yeah, rename it. We're going with Star Fox. All right, the original. Uh, Anna, do you like Shadow of the Colossus or Wander and the Colossus, which is the Japanese version? Oh, I kind of like Wanderer of the Colossus. Wanderer of the Colossus, yeah. yeah. It's it's confusing. I, uh, I, that one that one actually is like tough because I like Wanderer in the Colossus, but Shadow of the they're Colossus. They're both very like, good. Like a beast. Yeah. You know, like something sort of scary. So you want the I Shadow of Wander as the name of Shadow of the Colossus? There we go. Nailed it. All Wandering right. in the Shadow of the mm, Colossus. Wanderer, <laughs> Shadow, and Colossus. Oh, there three. we go. Kyle, do you like... Dr. Kawashima's brain training, colon, how old is your brain? <laughs> or brain age, train your brain in minutes a day. I like the first one. How old <laughs> is your brain? Ooh. It's just like those, those like anime, anime titles are always like, you know, for episodes are always like, this is the one where Goku defeats the villain. You know, it's explanatory kind of like Goku goes in the cave and finds a secret power in his shoe. Yeah, I mean, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> destroy Frieza, the battle at the end of the world. <laughs> uh, all right, Anna, this one's for you. I mean, the classic is earthbound or mother, a cooler oh, name. Um, I, I, I like mother. Um, just because of like what's in the game it's like in the game itself yeah uh serial do you like the world ends with you or it's a wonderful world i think the world ends with you i think is more fitting of like what that game is trying to get at thematically interesting oh very sophisticated apparently another name for bully is canis canum eat it yeah do- doggy dog yeah really is, is that oh is that europe thing interesting uh and apparently mario hoops three on three for the second mention of mario hoops in one episode of the minmax show uh, another name record. for it. your number yeah. one source actually anna this isn't the record you got to go back and listen to the history because we talk about it almost every episode uh it's also called mario slam basketball uh jeff um, do you like wario land the shake dimension or wario land shake it exclamation point shake it all right, leaving the shake dimension behind. Uh, best, uh, best YouTube trailer of all time for that game. Really? Uh, what is it? Well, you would go to like the trailer on YouTube, and it would start out as a normal trailer, but then you realize that the the whole site was actually like this HTML5 thing, and so like Wario would be shaking, and then like elements of the YouTube uh, browser would like fall apart because Wario was like breaking it and stuff oh, like that. That's, that's awesome. amazing. 
don't know if you can. You'd have to find someone who like recorded it on screen mm. to like be able to see it. I think at this point, but yeah, yeah. that's cool. Weird. Uh, what do you guys like for a question of the week? I like the weird games from developers question. Yeah, that's the one I wrote down too. I like that one too. Uh, is that a slam dunk, everybody? I think so, yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, sincerely, Eric, for submitting that question over at patreon.com. So max two ends. Uh, I'm 8-Bit. We'll ship you out this plushie from Monument Valley. You can use his legs and bend them and attach them to a monitor or whatever you want. So thank you so much for submitting that. Uh, and again, just a reminder, if you want to win the Satisfy grip bundle which comes with a switch case and it genuinely is awesome uh you just gotta tweet out your favorite piece of minmax content with the hashtag games friends getting better and then we'll randomly pull from that pool uh by early next week so thank you for everybody that contributes to that um and now it's time for get a load of this jeff you got a big one uh no i got a small one get a load of this um this was just a little video that i saw online on the internet when i was trying to find something and everything else was depressing social media stuff uh but this one really made me laugh it we will just link to the link to it in the description but it's an imager video uh that's titled at first i thought he lost a bet and the way the video starts is it's a guy in his underwear just kind of dejectedly wading out into a pond in a public park uh, and I will leave the rest of it as a surprise, but it's it's a very funny and kind of heartwarming video. Interesting. Uh, I mine is really short as well. Did you guys know that Swaziland isn't a country anymore? That in 2018 they renamed Swaziland Eswatini. Hey, no. Get a load of this. Renaming countries. I love the name of Swaziland, <laughs> but I guess it's no longer. We can do anything we want now. It's 2020. Game on, uh, Anna. Um. Someone modded uh, Zelda to be a playable character in Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. So I was watching this really cool... um, There's this really cool video of Zelda just, like, completely destroying um, one of those guardians. And so... Is she, like, in her her typical blue sort of... Yeah. Or a dress? She's in her... um, Wait, let's see here. She's in like her. She's in her blue adventure outfit. Yeah. It's kind of like a equivalent to Link's blue outfit, yeah. and she has the long hair. It's not like the short hair adventure Zelda that we saw for the, the Wild tees. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Do you follow yeah. Kyle or Anna or anybody? Do you follow that Breath of the Wild modding scene? Because what is it? it's like a Wii U version that they're they've cracked on PC at this point. Yeah, there's a lot. I've seen like I co- I actually covered um, smaller stories like bits and pieces for Polygon. Um, and it's quite active. I mean, that in addition to the speedrunning community, like, you know, they support each other in a lot of ways, but the, I don't know, like some other funny mods, actually my most popular story ever written at Polygon was about a Breath of the Wild mod where modders changed the game so that you could ride Sidon anywhere. Um, and I just like wrote a really lewd headline and it just like blew up. Would you like to share <laughs> the lewd headline? Yeah, I, I I don't even remember it like direct. It was basically like Breath of the uh, Breath of the Wild's modders made it so you can ride side on anywhere and the deck was giddy up or like yeehaw. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who am I nuts? Who's side on? He's the Zora that helps you out through that that part of the oh, game. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. gotcha. So they made it, but you see him in the air, um, and you're just oh, riding. Weird. 
It just makes you think about it in another way. <laughs> hey, it's a work of art. It takes all kinds. Uh, Kyle, did you have one? Uh, yeah, I got a good one here. It's um, someone tweeted a picture of their handheld gaming device, and it, they said, "So excited! I can finally play it." And it's uh, a Vita, and they have uh-huh. Persona 4 Golden pulled up on the Vita's browser, uh-huh. and then uh, on Steam, the Steam version. Well, that's a very <laughs> funny tweet. Persona that 4 too, Golden though. cartridge. It went viral, didn't it? It's really a hilarious okay. tweet from um, at Serial Vasquez. It wow. has pronounced it right on the first thousand time. retweets. How yeah. many? How many retweets? Five thousand retweets on that sucker. Serial, <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Cool. Yeah, tell yeah. us the story behind that incredible viral. I mean, I just, I just saw the announcement. And I thought, like, this is a dumb thing I could do. And I just, I literally just used the Vita's browser to find that Steam page. But I guess people in the comment, in the thread were like, oh, you you must have hacked your Vita to play, <laughs> to become like a Linux machine. So there's this whole discussion of like, that's oh, illegal. No. What do you do? Like, you're showing yourself doing something illegal. And I was like, well, no. There's like, you can clearly see the web, like the Vita web browser interface in that shot. Who um <laughs> who was the juiciest retweet? Were you tracking who was retweeting that? Uh, it was it was probably before I turned off notifications. It was probably Greg Miller. Ooh, oh okay, that'll boost it. What he re- he tweeted out the first episode of Photomode Snap. We got nothing. We that show died. <laughs> and I mean, maybe if you attach like a nice joke and then like the link, it's just like we should just start doing viral tweets of like dumb content, but the link is always our content. Very smart, very smart. Uh, did you see like impressions or anything? Was there a total number on that? I think it was over. I mean, I can check it right now. But uh, in the meantime, uh, get a load of this. Uh, so I just wanted to quickly highlight the the fight for racial injustice bundle or fight for racial justice bundle over at Humble, which uh, is one of the biggest bundles they've probably ever done. And I mean, there's only one tier because usually Humble bundles will have it's like pay a dollar to unlock these games or pay and then pay ten to unlock five more games. But for thirty dollars, you get the following games: Baba is You, Hyper Light Drifter, the Jackbox Party Pack Four, Spelunky. Football Manager 2020, Kerbal Space Program, Titan Quest Anniversary Edition, Observer, NBA 2K20, Sonic and Jesus. Sega All-Stars Racing, uh, FTL Advanced Edition, Bioshock Remastered, This War of Mine, Endless Space, Armello, Age of Wonder 3, Overlord 2, Surviving Mars, Kingdom Classic, Eastside Hockey Manager, Goner, Blueberry Edition, Overgrowth, Company of Heroes 2, The Ball, Super Time Force Ultra, System Shock Enhanced Edition, System Shock 2, Broken Age, Newt 1, all you can eat, a beginning, a final cut, no time to explain, remastered, Knights of Pen and Paper 2, Starcrossed, Vertiginous Golf, Earth Knight, Plunge, Pester Quest, Real Politics, Elite Dangerous, My Memory of Us, Mirror Moon AP, In Between, okay. Standard Edition, it's absurd. Cab, Regular Human Basketball, Planet of the Eyes, and Crown Takers. How much is it? $30. Oh, and uh, Darkest Dungeon, The Shield Breaker, and then like a bunch of books highlighting kind of black voices, like you get 12 Years a Slave. Um, and a bunch of like, there's yeah, like, I was confused by that. There's so you can also just like get ebooks then, yeah, okay, yeah. and also Attack on Titan for some reason. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> is it Attack on Titan is kind of it has oh, its I, own issues. I'm surprised that it would be included in something like that. I, I think the book is artists uh doing their own like art for oh, oh like, okay, because like I looked oh, at that too and I was like, hmm. Do I want yeah. to read the Attack on manga, <laughs> Attack on Titan manga? Final season coming up on that show. Oh, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that's awesome. Ridiculous, good, ridiculously good bundle. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Jeff, do you have a community get a little of this pulled from the Discord? 
I do. Get a load of this. Uh, this one is from Shazira, who was uh, posting a Kotaku article that was pointing to an Ichio project, which is basically someone made uh, Lee Carvalho's putting challenge from The Simpsons. Oh, that's it. Oh. So you, that's a good yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. So you can just play through that, which I did. And it, <laughs> You know the punchline if you've ever seen that episode, but it's still a fun novelty that you can check out. That is super fun. Uh, Great. Hey, and that's this episode of the MinMax Show. Thanks to everybody at the $50 tier that supports us on Patreon. Uh, I am 8-Bit, Beaten Down Brian, Krista, Nick DeFeo, Rebecca Lang, Zachary Pliggy, The Smack, Mark Seliga, Jawar Hello, Andrew Valla, Bob Buell, Jeff Amino, who comes up next? Beaten Down Uh, Brian? What? No, be number is it? Uh, Jesse oh. Vitelli, of course. Then oh, Marco Rica, okay. Torreno, Time Bomb Tom, Yaro, Josh Elliott, Captain Stubbs One, Tyler Carver, Michael Jakes, Christian King, Adam Walker, JT Fells, Andy Clark, Ludwig Roque, Steve Bamdad, Andrew Sanford, Matthew Paxton, David Lacalucci, Midnight Satire. Again, thanks for your support and keeping this whole indie operation running. Thanks so much, everybody. Be good, have fun, let's go. Let's go.